Welcome to the Bros Who Think Podcast, starring your host, Mr. Lyndon Burton, and his co-host, Adam Schubert, Justin Baptiste, and Doom, with special guests being today, Joy Taylor. We got a lot to get into, fellas. So, without further ado, Lyndon, whenever you're ready, brother, take it away. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Bros Who Think Podcast. My name is Lyndon Burton, a.k.a. Youngboy DeWitts, a.k.a. The People's Champ, a.k.a. Beer Gang is in the mother effing building. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 122, and I'm hype on 122, man. We got a lot of good stuff on the docket today. My 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 co-hosts, my, my homies, they have come to discuss things. Joining me in this segment is my guy, Doom. Doom, how are you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. It's popping. Ain't shit, man. Cool. And a lot of a lot of good music dropped this week. We got a lot of interesting things to talk about. One thing I'm very interested to see how you feel, because I believe you don't like this person. And this is something that like I've been interested to like. I wanted to tweet it, but I was like, nah, I'm not gonna tweet it because it's like it's not that serious to me. But I will talk about it on the pod. And if people hear it, then like cool. But like I just want to bring it up on the pod. And I and I don't think you like this person, and this is pretty interesting. But Joining us today, man, we got a very special guest from FS1, the co-host of The Herd, the host of the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, the brilliant Joy Taylor's coming on the pod later in the show, so you guys can be looking forward to that, as well as Bros Who Ball, we talk basketball, we talk NFL, and we talk a little college football after the interview. But before all of that, we got some albums we got to review, we got to talk Pellies, and then we got we got to talk some, some things going on in the world. Let's start off, I'm hype. Chicks tape five is finally out, and yo, it might be the best chicks tape. I I think so. Either that or chicks tape two, but this this Ooh, is so most. You, you think two? I think three. I'm either two three was, or five. Two was hard, bro. Two was hard. Two, two had was, some bangers, bro. But I think this is most polished chicks tape. Definitely. Like the other ones, kind of sounded like legit sounded mixtape like, but this was an album. Oh, 100%. And this, this was one, an album. This one had very little skips, like, because I'm jamming the, the in, like, of course, he's Tory's Tory. He does his skits and what's not. And the story was pretty interesting, too, when, when you come to find out homegirl paying the other girl to be with him. And then, then there's, like, some whole switcheroo shit, and Tory switch it up on her, and, like, he sent her a letter. The, like, the whole story in the, on the album was fire. I was, I was digging it. But yeah. the song, The Trade, tough. The song with T-Pain, tough. I didn't like, and I thought I was going to like it, the Snoop Dogg Beautiful Joint. I didn't really like that one. That's kind of like my only really skip. I like the Blowing Minds. The take with Chris Brown is nuts. The broken, the, the transition from take to broken promises when he when he was doing the broken promises, like hook at the end of take, going into that song, dope. Then you got the song that I was shocked by, doing the Splash Waterfalls with Ludacris. Ludacris got an eight on the track. Like, I got to get Ludacris. That's exactly what I was about to say. Because I, I looked at the track list before I actually heard the album. And, you know, he got legendary niggas. Like, we talking niggas from, you know, when, when it was popping when we was in high school and shit. Like, all yeah. these songs. Like, he got everybody. And I, I overlooked the Ludacris track. It was honestly one of the last ones I peeped. Just because, like, when I, when I listened to this album, I literally just went to, like, the features I wanted to hear. You know what I mean? Because he dropped the Jerry Sprunger before the, the project actually dropped. 
So I heard that one already, and I knew that one would have been hard. The first one I went to was um, Beauty in the Bins with Snoop, because I knew it was the beautiful. And Did that was like one it? of my favorite songs. But See, I got to listen to it again then. No, no, like... the the original. The oh, Beautiful okay, okay. was actually like one of my favorite Same. joints. Like I, I was in love with that song, bro. So I was super let down when. Yeah. I, like, I don't know. The beat just wasn't right. It, it wasn't right. Yes. That's what I thought, too. I was like, Snoop didn't sound bad. What Tori was singing didn't sound bad. It's just like. Out of all the ways to chop up the beautiful joint, that's how yeah. you chopped it up? They they tried to flip it too much. Like, I get you want to try to make a new song out of it, but he tried, like, whoever produced it tried to flip it way too hard. They should have yeah. just kind of stuck to keeping it sounding. Like, because, like, the T-Pain joint was almost the original I'm Sprung. They just kind of updated the drums a little bit, but it was, like, the original song. They I got a question That for shit you. was beautiful. Do you think... And I know it's probably Snoop has the rights to the record, so Snoop could let it go. But do you think Tory probably didn't get the Pharrell that he wanted to do the real sample that's, of the beautiful joint? That's possible. That's possible. Because I mean, I know, I know Snoop could have let it go, but if Pharrell doesn't say, yeah, I don't know if Tory still does it. Yeah, I think the the thing is though, like Tory is a big enough artist. Like I feel like with this project, he knew going in like this isn't a project that he's trying to make money off of. Yeah. But they know the streaming number is going to go up. So I feel like if you work something out with the original artist and be like, yo, you get 100% or whatever this song stream, like there's really no reason to say no. Because he so should have sampled, because I don't know why he didn't sample Pharrell singing. Like yeah. that would have been the wave. Unless he just was like, yo, I don't want to be a part of that shit. You know what I mean? That could have yeah. been it. But I don't, I don't think like the clearance was necessarily a problem. Okay. You know what I mean? Because Tori is a is a huge artist. You know what I mean? And he obviously did it with every single one of these people on the album. So I don't think I don't think the clearance. It, I mean, it could have been. Like I don't know, but it's just interesting. Out of like the the way he chose, to, and, and you're right, because it does sound like overproduction. And that's the only song really on the thing that on that on the album that I think is really overproduced. Because everything else sounds very in vain of the song that it sa- sampled. Whereas yeah. this one is the one that it's like, yo, this one sound different. Yeah, but but you you definitely hit the head on the nail, bro. Like or the nail on the head. <laughs> I'm tripping. But uh, that fucking Ludaverse, I didn't even know I needed a Ludaverse. Yeah, in I, was, I was so shocked. I was like, like yo, who kind of nigga ate that shit, bro? And he he like sound good. Like it don't sound like oh it's it's dope because it's nostalgic. Like it's like nah. If Luda dropped the project tomorrow, I'd go jam that bitch. You know what I mean? Off, like, of, this, yeah, off of this verse, yeah, definitely. Yeah, bro. He, he ate. He, he ate. Yes, he did. Uh, the Dream Joint I thought was tight. It, it wasn't wasn't one of my favorites, but I thought it was tight. I don't think it was as bad as the uh, Beauty and the Benz Joint. But the yet yeah, the the Pretty Ricky sample, yo, that song is that song is dope. Yeah, that was like, hard. That shit is ill. Like I was kind of a Pretty Ricky fan, so when I heard he did the the. Uh, the body, uh, the body joint with the yes, sir. Oh, that shit was tough. Yeah, bro. I don't know if like if this is Tory or somebody on his team, or he got like a producer or somebody that he worked with specifically for these chicks tape joints. But he really chose all the perfect songs, bro. He did. Like like literally all the ones that like when it start playing, it hit that little nostalgic shit in you. That's like yo, this is hard. You know what I mean? Because he didn't pick all of the 
big hits. Like he didn't pick all the number ones. You know what I mean? No, but he, he didn't. picked he picked a lot of them that was like, yo, I forgot how hard this song went. You yeah. know what I mean? He had me going back job. listening to the originals. No, you know I'm with mean? you on that. Like, I felt that way for the Mario one, the cry, because like yeah, I forgot that was a Mario song. And it's play Picasso. He I, he does this with play Picasso. Shout out to him. That's like that. That's like the team on the uh the chicks all the chicks tape joints. His uh his producer play Picasso. But yeah, no, the Mario joint was hard. The Maya joint was tough. I I really like because I mean, I'm not a big Trey Songs fan, but like if some people say the take with Chris Brown's the best song, but like. Yo, I like this. I like the Trey song "Still Waiting" song. I really fuck with that song, heavy. Definitely, bro. And I was, I was really excited about the Lloyd and Lil Wayne one, and didn't live up to what I thought it was gonna be. But it was still tough. But it wasn't tough. bad. Yeah, yeah it was, it was that's what I kind of wish Wayne would have ate a little more. Like you know, I wanted something a little different. But you know, this it, it wasn't bad. Like I said, it, the worst one by far is the Beauty and the Benz joint, and none of them really let me down like that. I love the Ashanti. One and then the the fabulous one. I even I like because I was a Fab Fab fan, so I was like, "Yo, this 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 is tight." Yeah, and Fab gonna eat. Fab still active. He's still doing his thing. So that one was definitely tough. No, one hundred percent. I think Tory, I think Tory had a success. I think this is his best official album that he's dropped, and this is a win for him. The question yeah, is where he goes from here. That's ah man, that's tough to say. I don't I don't know what he do because I feel like his rap albums don't get the, it don't hit like it should. You know what I mean? Because I, I like everybody was saying that this was the project that's gonna like prove that he like a list. Because you know Tory don't look at himself as like a B list artist. Oh no, he, he puts think, himself up there with Drake. Yeah, like. he he think he top tier, and people fuck with him. Like obviously he got a, a large fan base, but. I don't think we put him in that group. So I think if he come back with a, a hard rap album, because his last one wasn't bad. Like, it, it definitely had a, a few bangers on it. But if he come with a hard rap album, then I think for sure we can't deny him his A-list. Like, he, he got to be. I think he could even do, because I agree with that 100%. But even if he did, like, a, a sing-rap kind of chick's tape album, but with original songs. Yeah. I think that could work. Yeah. Thing is, I don't I don't think that he liked doing that. You know what I mean? Mm, and I think for one reason more? I think he wants to stay away from the Drake comparison. Mm. Like I think he know that if he make those sing rappy songs that they immediately gonna compare him to Drake. And he wanna stay away from the Drake comparison. Which I, I can't hold him for that. Cause no, being old being in, from Toronto, you know what I mean? Like you you kind of gotta go a different direction, cause I honestly you can't take Drake off the throne. Like you're not gonna beat him at what he do, so you gotta do something different. So I I, I feel that like train of thought is just can he pull it off? Cause bro, his last rap album was actually hard. Like he had at least half of the album was bangers, and the you're other half the, wasn't uh, bad. Wait, let me pull it up, cause I I cause I agree with you, cause. If we talking about the same album, I actually thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty damn hard. It had like a couple skippables, but yeah. I thought it was, you talking about the Love Me Now joint? Love Me Now, yep. Yeah, I thought I thought they had some a lot of commercial successes on that on that project. Maybe yeah. not a lot of uh, B cuts, but I definitely thought it had a lot of hits on that album. Yeah. It was better than I told you. Yeah, for sure, bro. That that Miami he had on that album with Gunna, that was my shit for the longest, bro. Yeah, that shit that was hard. Shit was crazy. I even like uh, 
I like the Rich the Kid joint. The uh shit. The A Boogie joint. I like the KJM, his own song. Like he had some he had some smashes on that. Ferris Will went stupid for the ladies. Yeah, Every it did. Every female I knew was fucking with that song. And then his memories don't die thing wasn't bad, but it wasn't it wasn't as good as what I expected. Yeah. So but Tori, I think this is his best one. It's, we just got to wait and see where he goes from here. Let's talk about another person who dropped an album. This was something that I was looking forward to because I kind of been paying attention to the scene. This guy is the writer for Cardi B, and he's dropped a couple of Lucy's. I'm talking about Partisan Fontaine. He dropped the Madden flow, which I thought was hard. This dude kind of reminds me of Drake in his... in his uh, What's the bag I'm, I'm looking for? The... Uh, uh, kind of the 4 a.m. the 4 4 a.m. in Calabasas kind of deal where he takes the R&B sample but raps over it like with some bars. He's yeah. kind of in that bag, and that's what I got from the Madden flow. So I was kind of super excited for this album. And I don't want to say this album sounds bad by no means, but this album is definitely him going in the sense of I'm catering to the ladies. I'll give the men like two, three songs here or there to show them I can rap. But most of this is... You a bad bitch. Do your thing, girl. Like, yeah. that, like I was like, damn, I wanted more from Partisan. Yeah. And for me, bro, I could I could fuck with what he doing, but that project just wasn't for me. Musically, it was, it's not yeah, bad. It wasn't for, Musically, like, it's not bad at all. The underrated joint is hard, bro. Like, the yeah. source material might not be that great, but that beat in the flip, like, you talking cages, the spite, like, I fucked with that shit, yo. The, the, yeah. the Jada Kiss Too Late joint was hard. The song with Offset was tough. Like, I even like the Pay Your Bills with Jeremiah, even though that's not really for me, but it sounded good. Like, this album does not sound bad by no stretch of the means, but it's 100% for women. Yeah, no doubt. And that's that's not a bad thing. Like, I think no, that's a good lane to go in because there's not a lot of niggas, like, 100% in that pocket. So if he stay in that pocket and he build up a, a female fan base, like, I think he could eat. You know what yeah. I mean? That's That's yeah. honestly... The fan base to go if you can get the women fucking with you, you always sell tickets at shows. Drake show that shit works like one hundred percent, and like you're doing what you did for Cardi, but doing it your way, taking the Drake lane and pushing it times ten. In this, in the sense of catering to females. Yeah, I I don't know though. I just got like the vibe like with the album. Like not saying that it was a bad album by any means, because it's like. It's definitely like jammable. Like I'm saying, I'm I'm gonna definitely go back to it. I'm gonna listen to it again. You know what I mean? Sit with yeah. it a little longer. But I feel like he might be one of those writers that, like, he's better as a writer. As a writer, mm. you know what I mean? Like I know you remember fucking Quentin Miller with Drake. Like he was dropping songs and they was bangers. Like some of the, them was hard. The, the pen was there, bro. Like you could tell. Like yo, His this nigga, was- this nigga can write. And yeah. he, it had that feel like I listened to his music and I was like, yo, this song is hard. But I still would listen to it like, yo, if he'd have gave this bitch to Drake, though, this shit would have <laughs> been crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he got that that same kind of feel. No, I, f- I feel you with the Quentin Miller, Quentin Miller comparison because, like, when I would listen to Quentin, it was like, yo, I'm with you. This shit sounds hard, but something isn't, something isn't there. I'm yeah. missing something. I don't know what I'm missing, but I'm missing something because... The beat the right choice, the words the right choice, is just the way you are articulating those words and, yeah. and making those words come out with your melody sound is just like, I don't know if that's the way we should be doing it, but and, I, and I feel you. Niggas don't talk about this enough, but rap voice is important. 
You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, like, it really it's, is. It's almost like some 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 homo shit to say, but like if no, a nigga bro, voice don't sound good, like you could be saying the most fire shit. I just no. it's not gonna connect. You it's know funny because I mean? me, me and Chris had this conversation the last time we did anime talking. I was bringing him home, and I will not say any names, but I was telling him like, "Yo, <laughs> I don't like this nigga go hard, but like I don't like his voice at all, fam." And Chris was like, "Yo, I can kind of see that. Like, it's like voice, rap voice matters, fam. Like, you oh, 100%. can hundred percent. Like, you could be one of the coldest niggas when it come to lyrics. The flows could be there, but if I don't like how your voice sounds, I will not rock with you. Yeah. And that's what podcasting too, because like. Yo, if you, if you don't like how a nigga speaks or articulates his words, it's like, you know, I can't mess with this. Yeah, for sure. That's 100%, bro. And, like, it's almost like 80-20, too. Like, because I feel like like the majority of niggas, like, when we talking about, like, people who really doing it, they all can rap, bro. Like, and I'm, I'm talking about, like, people who actually spit. Like, we we not talking about the, the auto-tune crooning-ass niggas. Like, the people that can really rap, like, bro, niggas can rap, but I feel like you gonna listen to Coles and the Kendricks and the Jays because they got an interesting voice. Like, they just got that that voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it sounds like that's good. that's really important. That no, that's very very important. Let's jump to some something that happened. This is kind of two topics that I'll kind of coincide. I want to ask you: the baby dropped a new video. Is the baby the best new rap artist? Oh man, I. It's tough because his album wasn't that great, but like he's dropped, he has hits on him. Like I thought, Bop was great. The video is great. His his run this year is great. But is he the best new rap artist? See, I'm I'm torn on a baby one because I like what he's doing. Like I I don't dislike him, but I think there's a big difference between the most popular new artist and the best new artist. Mm. And as as somebody that look at music more than okay you got a hit because a hit don't necessarily mean that you good you know what i mean you just know how to put together a hit because we saw his album wasn't successful like to me that album did not live up to this to the standard he set for himself yeah and i don't know like i I feel like the baby his talent level is crazy because he he obviously knows how to put together music that attracts people and that's a talent in himself you know yeah, what i mean like, that's that's not easy to do as as a creator that's not you know what i mean it's not something you just wake up and be like oh i'm gonna drop a hit song today like it's just impossible yeah, just, to do that yeah you just got, you know that, I mean? got that gift yeah no i feel so you he has it. he's a talented dude but when i listen to his projects because i'm a big album guy like i feel like that's kind of dying in 2019 where people don't really look at albums that that don't hold as much weight as it used to but all of his projects was not strong to me he just had singles on them you know what i mean yeah but i think there's a whole gang of newer niggas that's better than the baby i just can't i can't say he's the best new artist okay 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 so you got like the jids the uh I'm trying to think of some other new people, but in, in that vein, like the JIDs, yeah. the, yeah, uh, sure. the uh, I wouldn't say Roddy Rich, but like he's a young guy. You know, you know what I mean? Like I that, would. I'll fuck with Roddy, man. Okay, okay. Roddy, my guy. Roddy, my All right. Guy. Roddy Rich, I feel you because Roddy has some hard, some bangers. So, uh, yeah, but I, I just wanted to ask that question. Let's jump into some Grammy noms, get who you think might win, get our early predictions. So uh, we'll do R&B and rap. I'm, I'm not trying to do the main stuff because there's not really many 
albums that like I care for per se in there. And I know from your taste, from what I know of, you probably don't care for those either. So for rap, best rap performance, we got Middle Child, J. Cole, Suge, The Baby, Down Bad, The uh, Dreamville Cut, J.I.D., Boz, J. Cole, Earth Gang, Young Nudie. We got Racks in the Middle, Nipsey Hustle with Roddy Rich and Hit Boy. And then we got Clout, Offset, and Cardi B. Who you think taking best rap performance? Ah, that's that's tough. Just because I I never know what direction the Grammys going in. Like I feel yeah, like <laughs> they don't they don't ever give it to the best rap performance. It's more so who would the people want to see win this? Mm. Like the and when I say people, I mean like the mainstream people. You yeah, know what I mean, but Billboard fans. <laughs> It's either it's either gonna go to clout or shook. Interesting. And that's, see, that's that's not my personal opinion. I'm just saying based on past Which shit you know, with the yeah. Grammys, clout and shook. But if I'm Man, I don't, giving I don't, it to it, I don't want clout to win at all. Like clout's the worst one of those. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's it's Cardi B. Yeah, I know. And they don't they don't they don't gave her a rap album of the year, which is Cardi, nuts. Yo. They love Cardi. And that's a rant that I, I don't want to go on right now, but just side noting on Cardi, because she did get Best Rap Album of the Year for Invasion of Privacy. Tell me how the hell. I think it's Billboard. It's either it's it's either Billboard or Rolling Stone. One of those people put out a list of best albums of the decade. Bro, why the hell is Take Care 14 or 16 and yeah, Invasion of Privacy nuts. is 8? Is 8! I'm bro. I'm sick of these award shows. <laughs> we we need something like for real from us, which is like I don't know if I'm jumping ahead. I'm sure you might have brought this up, but the whole like Lizzo situation and uh, the shit with the Ooh, Soul Train even, Awards. Bro, I didn't even like, know if we were gonna talk about that, but we can bro, talk about that. Yeah, for sure. I'm so sick of black people not championing our shit. You know what I mean? Because like. When you look at where rap is right now, and I'm going to try to talk about this without going into a crazy long rant, but fucking when you look at where just our culture and all the music that come from it, so R&B, rap, that shit in that vein, bro, we are running the industry. Like, oh, 100%. You, you can't name not a country artist, not a rock artist, not a pop artist that's selling more records are running just the sound of music bro country has fucking 808s in it now like yeah it does like it it really does (laughs) why the fuck do we still even give a fuck about the grammys like i would really bro it would really make me smile if all these niggas would be like you know what man fuck the grammys this year i mean yeah drake said that last year when he won he was like he's like i don't give a damn about this shit and i know he doesn't care about this billboard list either but i care because it's like yo like I, and I get what you're saying because I agree with you. These artists should not care. And and I guess goes to the the platforms who cover these artists shouldn't care. So I guess that's on me as well. But yo, I'm just I'm just flabbergasted by the fact that you had the time to place. L- look, Lemonade was a great album and it said a lot of stuff, but to place Lemonade, I'm not gonna say anything about Channel Orange because that was a great album. But Lemonade, read by Taylor Swift. I'm not gonna say to Pimp a Butterfly because that album had Things under it that were better than than what I'm about to say. Casey Musgraves, The Golden Hour. I'm even say Rihanna, Rihanna Ante. Thank you, next. Robin Body Talk. Adele 21. 
Beyonce, Beyonce, the Daft Punk album, and then Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy, Teenage Dreams, Above Take Care. Bro, yo, y'all, y'all sleep. Like, that's dumb. Disgusting, bro. That's nuts. I'm saying, I'm saying any, any platform, and I'm still to this day sick over that shit, is Macklemore winning album of the year over the best album of probably the last 25 fucking years, And that's bro. why I didn't say Good Kid, Mad City, because Good Kid, Mad City was 15th, but oh, all those albums I said were man. before Good Kid, Mad City and Take Care. So it's like, bro. yo, I don't know what y'all bro. are doing. And I'm saying, I couldn't even name you not a Macklemore song, bro. Not one. And we talking about the best out, al- like, bro, Good Kid, decade. Mad City is one of them albums when I'm an old-ass nigga and my, my daughter grow a little older, like, that's the kind of shit that I'm going to play. Like, yo, this oh, was this real music when I was coming up. Like, this is oh, this was it. Like, it's, it's one of them albums, City, Take Care and 2014 Four Hills Drive. Like, Four Hills Drive isn't even up here, but I get why, because of sales and whatnot. It's a billboard thing. But how do you have Invasion of Privacy, Cardi B, Teenage Dream Katy Perry, the Thank You Next album, and... Above Good Kid, Mad City, and Take Care, yo, I don't, I don't get that. I don't, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't. I can't. I will never understand that. I'm, a, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Fuck it. That shit is garbage. Yeah. That fucking, that fucking invasion of privacy was garbage. <laughs> like, and I get it, bro. I get it. It's like, it's that music that, like, you can play it in the club and it's gonna get people going. It is not women, for us. Let's say that. Like, women, women love, love it. it. Like yeah. yeah, women love it, bro. Like it's it's just it's I call it bubblegum music, bro. <laughs> you know, you you put a quarter in, you turn that shit, and you get a fucking bubblegum, and you happy. You know what I mean? It's like quick. It's like that that shit that don't really take much to put together. They Take just the kid man sitting here like lobster dinners, bro. Like, bro, exactly, what are we bro. Doing? It's <laughs> like some rare shit, like it's some shit you don't like, bro. It's not going to be album. another good kid, Mad City, for another 25, yeah, 30 bro, years. Those albums set the foundation of how music sounds today. That's what I'm Kendrick saying. Kendrick in the sense of other rappers that does what he does. And Drake with the sense of everybody tries to sound like him because of Take Care. Like, yes. what are we talking about right now? Yeah. Like, honestly. And I'm saying that shit was what? Oh, when did Take Care come out? 2011. Yeah, bro, that's that's a long like we talking about almost a decade ago. Yes, and, and, then, and then on top of that, my guy gets I, I, I and I don't want to butcher the stat, but for the entire decade, he was on Billboard's top charts in like I don't want to say top ten, but he was on the charts for four hundred and something, four hundred and ninety something weeks of yeah. the entire decade and let me that's, preface that with saying that's like over 90 percent of the decade the decade the top has of the chart. 533 weeks in it or 530 some weeks in it he would have and that's excluding sicko mode because if you count sicko mode he was on for 509 weeks that yep. is insane bro if if we don't crown this man the greatest artist of our generation like because people still doubt him people still they doubt do. people still doubt him to put take care of 16 on a list is exactly what we're talking about. Like he doesn't get his flowers and it's, and it's, and it sucks to say because he's the biggest artist right now. Every time he drops people, people stops and listens. And it's like, 
everybody, the people who don't like Drake say people talk about him too much, and the Drake fans say he's underrated. But it's it's because of this universal divide where you either think Drake's has a classic or he doesn't, or you you think the ghostwriting shit affects or it doesn't, or you or it's just his career has very many levels to it that certain fans don't get or certain fans don't care to get, and it's like. This dude is better than what we're giving. We will never see some. Uh, well, let me not say never, but it'll be a long time before we see someone does do what he did. Five hundred and nine weeks on the Billboard charts in a decade when the decade has five hundred thirty three weeks. Come on, fam. Yeah, bro. Honestly, I think I'll go even further than that. I don't think we've ever seen somebody that does like well. Outside Mike, of like Michael Jackson, yeah, Mike, Mike, and, Mike, and even Beyonce, they they. They've done yeah. some special shit. Like yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the one that comes out because see, I'm gonna do that when I, I'm later in life. Because like that's these... that's a take I got coming. I'm glad you said it, Doom, but that's a take I got coming later in life when I got a little more carblanche and I do some <laughs> more studying on Mike yeah. and Beyonce. But that's a take I have coming. Don't see, you worry, because it's like what this dude has done is nuts. Like it's different because you you gotta you gotta throw Mike and B in that conversation. But I think it's different because. Mike and B was more pop music. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, cause Destiny's Child didn't transcend to that audience. Cause they were no, making like real R and B shit. And that was Beyonce, for us. When she, when she you know did, what I mean? But when, when Beyonce went on her own, it was more of a like, like don't get me wrong, she was still making music for us, but it was pop music. Like it was it it she went a different direction. Like Destiny's Child wasn't making the crazy in loves. Like they had a couple singles like Bootylicious and shit that kind of went, you know, where everybody could fuck with it. But she went she went more pop direction with her solo career. And the same thing with Mike, like he made music that was specifically intended to reach a wide audience. Like Drake was making like Take Care is a rap album. Like yeah. even though he was singing, that shit is a rap album like that was only us type thing like i feel like he released that shit for us like nothing was the same as too like i know it has hold on we're going home but like he'll he he'll might he might make one song that's pop here there but for the most part it's like what he said in tuscan leather like the radio plays me because they gotta play me fam like like i like i I just make what i want to make so it's like I I'm 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 waiting for the day that I make that take, but I huh I'm glad you said it because it's true. It's true. He's in that like he said he got more smashes than the Beatles. He does. Like let's call a spade a spade, my that's guy. Right. Like that's I'm right. just being honest and I'm not living in the moment because that's my one of my favorite artists. It's just true. The numbers don't lie. But let's get back to this Grammy thing because that was a tangent. But I'm I'm kind of with you. I see Suge winning. It would be nice if Nipsey wins racks in the middle. That would be dope if like they're I think like they'll give it to him. That would that would be something I would like to see. J. Cole Middle Child's a great song, but I don't think the J. Cole wins this one. I think it's either gonna be Racks in the Middle or The Baby. Let's go to Best Rap Sung Performance. We got Higher, Nipsey Hustle, John Legend, DJ Khaled, Drip Too Hard, Lil Baby Gunna, Panini, Lil Nas X, Ballin, Mustard featuring Roddy Rich, The London, Young Thug, J. Cole, Travis Scott. This is interesting because if Nipsey doesn't win that one, I kind of see him winning this one. But the thing that kind of holds me back from that is Lil Nas X. Yeah. I don't think they'll give it to Panini, though. Or at least yeah. I hope not. I would hope not, too. Cause I, Panini... feel, I feel like you can't with the other nominees. And because it's you know combining I mean? both R&B and rap things, 
to have John Legend on it plus DJ Khaled kind of helps Nipsey win that one. Yeah. See, I just don't know what the Grammys because I never know what they think is the best. Like, I'm really curious on what they're judging it off of. Like, when they pick these winners, what are they judging it off of? Because I feel like they almost always get it wrong. Mm, if and I'm not even saying like like comparing to my personal opinion because I'm I'm one of those people I can realize that my personal opinion is not always the popular opinion, but I feel like they let down the popular opinion. Like almost every year, I get on Twitter and niggas is mad. You know what I mean? The the London could win too easily. That J Cole Young Thug Travis Scott oh, song I was fucked with the London. Yeah, and drip too hard. That's a great song too. You know? Hell yeah. Like I could see, like song. if the streets song. were to win, it would be either Drip Too Hard or the London, and yeah. and the Nipsey joint. But like, I feel like the Nipsey joint could be the popular opinion because he has Khaled and Legend with him. But I could also see this going to Lil Nas X. The 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 true underdog in this race is the Mustard Roddy Rich song. I, I have I do not believe that song wins at all. Yeah, nah, nah. Yeah, that's, that song is. I don't winning. even know why that's nominated. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm with you. I didn't want to. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm with you 100. Uh, yeah. we got best rap song. We got Bad Idea. Chance the Rapper and YBN Corday. We got Gold Roses with Rick Ross featuring Drake. We got A Lot, which is the 21 J. Cole song. We got Racks in the Middle, which is Nipsey, Roddy Rich, Hit Boy. Then we got Suge, The Baby. If I'm being honest, to me, the best rap song is, and this is not me saying this because of my, my bias or because of the conversation we just had, but Gold Roses is the best song out of those. Or A Lot. Yeah. like Or A Lot, because that J. Cole 21 Savage song was tough, too. I was going to say Gold Roses, too, and I'm worried because we already know just from looking at the nominations that Nip going to take one of these. He's going to get one, yeah. He's going to take one of these three. I don't know which one they're going to give him. And honestly, bro, like another kind of crazy take, but I don't know if this shit with Khaled is even good. Like, I feel <laughs> like that was a Nip throwaway that he just kind of put on Khaled album. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. But I, I just, the reason why I say the Khaled joint is because Khaled has that popularity right now. And then the Grammys love them some John Legend. Yeah, for sure. That it's is, just like that, that song, that song kind of sets it up more so than Racks in the Middle being with Roddy Rich and Hit Boy. If we're we talking politics. Yeah, I think the Chance most got popular to song. This one too, this too. Yeah, the most popular song would be Suge. Yeah. So I, I can see if they try to please the most people, they're going to go Suge. But. Go Roses for sure, like no contest. That's the best rap yeah. song out of these nominees. But no, for some that. reason, people didn't give that song its credit. And I didn't really weird, hear nobody talk great. about Go Roses. And it, this is Ross and Drake, bro. Like, yeah, come I on. know. And it like, would be nice to see Ross win a song, win a Grammy for the song for the song where he says, "I never won a Grammy." That would be yeah, awesome. That would be. I think that's why they nominated it. To be real. Because outside of that, did that song even do numbers? Like, I'm not a real big numbers. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if it did major numbers, but I definitely know it played on the radio. Bro, that song was nasty. When it first dropped, I jammed that shit at least 100 times in a row. No, I'm with you on that. 100%. Right. So we got Best Rap Album. We got Revenge of the Dreamers 3. We got Championships Meek. We got I Am, I Was, 21 Savage. We got Igor, Tyler, the Creator. And we got Lost Boy, YBN Cordae. This one is kind of a toss-up because, like, I'm gonna be like, if any one of these people win, good on them. But if I had to pick, I think this one goes to Tyler. If I'm, Facts. if I'm, if I'm, if I'm talking artsy, fartsy, and like what the Grammys looking for, I would assume it's Tyler. Yeah. But I could see him giving it to Dreamville. 
Yeah. See, I don't know. My personal opinion, again, my personal opinion would be Tyler, for sure. Okay. And that's just because for what it is, like, if we looking at the best rap category, I'm looking at not who had the best songs or who was the most popular, like, who had the most well put together album. And that was an album. That was one of those albums where you press play on track one and it was the experience throughout the end. Like you had to listen in sequence. Like that's it was one of those albums. You know what I mean? But yeah, I really fucked with championships. I think that didn't get enough credit. Maybe just because I was bro, I was going crazy on what's free for months. Yeah, that was, was my song. shit. And I'm happy to see the Lost Boy get nominated. Yeah, I don't think I don't think YBN will win it, but I think it's dope for him to like put him on that stage now. Like, yo, you're potentially one of the best rappers out there now. Yeah. Not saying that the Grammys mean anything, but like for him as an artist, that's that's an accomplishment. And see, I don't know, I don't know what what your take on this is, but I don't know if we're seeing lyricism starting to be appreciated again, or was 2019 just a dry year? Mm, I think it might be a little. I think next year will be very telling. Yeah, it's it's. I, I I my optimistic opinion is that lyricism is back. Like that's me looking at it with the cup half full. But if I'm gonna be a pessimist, it was a dry year. Very dry year. I was actually talking album, about like, this before they released the nominations. I was uh I was talking with one of my boys about like what the best album this year was because he was saying that 2019 was one of the best years for music but he like a lot of the the bubblegum rap you know what i mean which i don't i don't hate on it i like some of that shit too you know what i mean but when i'm thinking like good music i don't even that's not a thought when i'm thinking about this kind of shit so it was kind of refreshing to see like none of those niggas was even nominated in this so that's that's a step forward and then, I could say Freddie Gibbs got snubbed. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he had, Gangsta he had Gibbs a had a great good. album. Boogie had a great album if we talk in lyrics. Yeah. I don't know why the people don't fuck with Boogie. I know. I don't, I don't know if it's because his label, Shady's not doing enough for him or what, but Boogie's a great artist, man. Yeah, he is. So, but I'm which I think this might go to either Tyler. I think Tyler's the favorite, in my opinion. Revenge of the Dreamers might be the undercard to that. I got Meek being like the dark horse, but I wouldn't be surprised if he won. And I think 21 Savage and YBR Corday will, will not win. Like, I think they have no shot. Nah, 21 definitely lasts. And that was a great album. Like, no Yeah, it was. But he definitely in last place. Like, he got the least <laughs> chance to win that shit. And, like, I don't know how I feel about Revenge of the Dreamers. Yeah, I didn't like, like, I liked it, but, like, I, I don't know if it's best rap album of the year. Cause bro, it had it had good songs, and I think like as far as if we talking like rapping bar for bar, it got some of the best content out there. But it just it's a as a whole, album. yeah, as a whole, it didn't. And I think it's because it's a comp- compilation, but it didn't it didn't sit well as an album. Like I'm not looking back at this album like yo, that was a crazy album. You know and the only I mean? reason why I got it second in my rankings is because of back to politics. I think J Cole. Yeah. Is like one of those reasons. Like that's just that if I'm just basing off of that, but I agree with you in the terms of should it win? No, it shouldn't. It's either between Meek or Tyler. But in terms of how the Grammy's gonna pick, I don't know. So that's why I'm just ranking it how 
I, I kind of feel like they might go. They maybe go. But let's let's get off of the Grammys. That's enough talking about that. Because like you said, yeah, you know, I, I like we got to get over the, the fact. You're right that that the, the Grammys don't matter. Like it's it's, it's what because they don't speak for us. But it's it's just so ingrained in like music musicianship that it's like it's hard to ignore. But that's yeah. something we got to get past. So you're right. I want to ask you, and this is something that we're not gonna spend too long about because like it's not that big of a deal. But it's something that like I noticed, and if I wouldn't have said it. It would have just went by unnoticed. So okay, so Russ dropped a book, right? And mm-hmm. Russ's book's logo looks very similar to the Bros Who Think original logo that my guy Cameron did. Shout out to Cameron. I just want to say, Russ, I'm not gonna say he jacked our logo, but they look eerily similar. Like eerily similar. Like it looks. It, it, like, it was fucking with me the other day. It like. I was like, damn, nobody, he's not really posting it on his IG, but everybody else is posting. I'm like, damn, I see this. Like, watch, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna pull up Russ's books, Russ's book, uh, his logo real quick. Watch. And I'm gonna send this to you in the in the chat. See what you think. All right. While you while you doing that, I will say, bro, I forgot who I was watching. Uh it was like an interview. Some somebody was might have been Big Boy. I think it was Big Boy. But anyway, he was interviewing somebody. A-list celebrity, can't remember who it is, but they were saying, they were talking about how um, how the guys on top, like, stay consistent for so long. And he basically said, like, yo, these, every, every one of your favorite artists is on SoundCloud, they're on Spotify, they're on YouTube, looking at, you know, just regular degler niggas that's doing it at home because they know that they the ones that's really in the trenches got their ears to the street and they listening to their music you know i don't believe it i I I think it was yachty i think it was yachty he was saying how you'd be surprised how many niggas like are trying to steal a-list niggas that are on youtube soundcloud listening to people that got 200 plays and borrowing ideas from these niggas so I'm saying, I believe, yo, go look like, in the chat real quick, cause I, cause I'll take it over real quick while you look in the chat, yo. That's I could believe that, yo, cause like not to say about uh, cause Chris had a kind of similar situation, and not and like he said, not to say that those people jacked his flow, but they sound kind of similar. Yeah. Just like that picture looks damn near close, yeah, bro. bro. That's like, that's yo, very very yo, close. That's, that's nuts. crazy. <laughs> Shout out to camera. That's nuts, yo. That's like, literally the same shit. That's yo. Okay, it. yes, that's they, the same shit. <laughs> that is exactly what I thought. Like I was like, yo, Rush really jacked us. <laughs> the head facing the same way. The letters doing the same shit. That's the same shit. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is crazy. He even changed the. He didn't. He didn't even make the heads go the other way. <laughs> Yeah, bro, he could have made the nigga look left. He got it doing the same shit. <laughs> Only thing is, he got one head instead of two. But yeah. oh shit, that fucked with me when I saw that. I didn't want to spend too long about it, but I just wanted to see if, if I was crazy. You know, seeing if what I'm not... saying is definitely possible. These it's possible. Watching, bro. These niggas yeah. That's all I wanted to say, like, yo, but if if, if the fans listening want to get on Russ's ass, y'all could get on it for me, yo. Do that for the but boy. I will say, before we get off of that, is Russ big enough to drop a book? Like, do we care about Russ enough to read his shit? No. That's just a question, because I don't fuck with him, but it could be people that, that do fuck with him on that level. I think, I, I I think he like says smart shit. I do think yeah. some of the shit he's talking about is very, very smart, and I think 
it will help people, but I just don't know if people are gonna when I can listen to your art your interviews where you say everything that this book is probably gonna say. Book, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I ain't even gonna flex, he is a very smart nigga. Like I remember I used to hate Russ. Cause I was I was a Peep fan and whenever he said his little comments toward Peep. I was like, fuck Russ. Fuck everything he do. Fuck everything he stand for. Fuck him. But I watched the Joe Button pull up only because I knew Joe Button felt the same way. Like he was iffy on Russ. So I was like, I'm curious to see how this conversation going to go. And then listening to Russ speak, I was like, okay, me and this nigga got a lot of thought patterns in common. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we think the same on a lot of shit so he not a bad dude and his music is Isn't not bad. that bad once you take away your personal feelings on him but i don't know if he did enough for me to want to read his book though yeah no me neither i'm with you on that like 100 you know I mean? like I, if, if if i'm gonna read your book you gotta have a life worth of some some shit that i feel like i could really learn from like i'm i'm reading a quincy jones book i'm reading a Charlemagne the God book. I'm reading a Michael Wilbon book. I'm reading a Stephen A. Smith book. I don't know if I'm reading a Russ book. And if you want me to say musicians, I'm reading a Kendrick Lamar book. I'm reading a J. Cole book. I'm reading a Drake book. I don't know if I'm reading a Russ book. I'm reading a whole I need book. A, I need a cop Ross book. I would, yeah, I would, I, read, like I would read Rick Ross's book. The, the only person from the culture that I've really like read their book is Charlemagne. Mm, okay, a lot yeah, of see, shit. I read, I, I, I read, I read his first one. I didn't read the second one. Shit, like I don't really read like you know just niggas writing about their life. Like I don't give a fuck about that. Like yeah, <laughs> you no, know I what I mean. You. But I'll read raw shit just because like he he a nigga that really got it out the mud. You know. And I, I mean? have I have Jay Prince's book. I just haven't read it yet. Yeah. Because because that's another one I agree with. You got it out the mud, and it's like that'd be an interesting story for me to check out. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up slow key. Nothing, nothing serious. Uh, all right. So the next two things are kind of our chatty patty topics. Uh, yeah. All right. So you want to go with something that's an overall topic, or do you want to zero in on a person? No, nah, we can zero in on a person. Well, Ti is going to red table talk. Yo, how do we feel? Uh-oh. He's going to he's going to talk with Jada, him and Tiny. Going to talk to all the ladies at red table about his comments Bro. on women. Is bro, this the cleanup? <laughs> bro, they about to light his <laughs> ass up. <laughs> bro, because I'm saying, I'm saying, and and fuck beating around the bush, T.I. is not a smart nigga at all. <laughs> like, fuck that. I don't give a fuck how niggas feel about that. He's not a smart nigga. After watching Expeditiously, nigga, you... No, no respect for me. I don't give a fuck what you guys say. Yo, Willow might go up in there and body his ass. Bro, I'm saying no. Jada and her mom, bro. Yeah, yeah. They, bro, they about to make that nigga cry, dog. Jada gonna gonna put the pressure on him. And yo, Tiny gonna look silly. Like I'm gonna be honest. Like they both gonna look bad. That's that's like yo, when you talking about like intellectual strong black women, that's the epitome of it. Cause like. When the red table talk dropped, I was like, "Oh, that shit for the for the females," you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then they had uh they had the episode where they was talking with August Alcina about like his drug shit, and I was like, "You know what? I'm about to peep this." Like August from New Orleans, like I fuck with his music, and he kind of fell off. I want to see what was going on, you know what I mean? So I watched it, and then I was like, "Yo, 
this shit actually ain't that bad. Like she talking about some some shit. Like they not just over here like gossiping around it. Cause that's what I thought it was. Like they was just gonna oh, be sitting yeah, no, around the table on some little gossipy shit. But no, they're not on the they, mess bro, wave. They be having like some legit conversations. And I, I matter of fact, I'll even say I know for a fact. If he go over there with that expeditiously bullshit, he gonna look <laughs> real stupid, bro. He gonna look real stupid. That's not even a like try to play him or nothing like that, but he gonna look dumb as fuck. I know you're so serious. Because she's talked about expeditiously the first week we had you on the pod. Bro, <laughs> I hate that fucking podcast, dog. <laughs> and it's crazy, son, because like I fucked with T.I. before that. Like yeah. I wanted him, like, bro, because you gotta understand, like, I fuck with niggas like ti that could come from where he come from from the environment that he come from and make something out of themselves. you know what i mean because like i deal with it like in the in the corporate world all the time because i got a southern accent and i'm black people automatically throw you in this box like you stupid or you're not capable of doing what everybody else can do because you know you know the the stigma especially yeah. like and maybe for, not in like Louisiana, but I'm saying when you get away from Louisiana, you realize that the stigma on people from the South is that we just some dumbass country ass niggas. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. it's kind of, I'm kind of getting away from it now, not even on purpose, but like, I don't really talk with my Karen Crow accent as hard as I used to. You know what I mean? But like, when I first moved, bro, like, people would play me on my accent. They thought that, you know, oh, you from Louisiana. You you one of them dumbass swamp niggas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they really do think, bro, like, unless you from New Orleans, that you you legit came out the swamp with the alligators and shit. That's where you yeah. live. Just on, like, what they see on swamp people, that's what they think the whole Louisiana is, bro. So, like... I can believe it. And T.I. from Georgia, so they think he's just, like, a, a country yeah, bumpkin. Like, a, a country coon-ass nigga. And, like, for him to do what he did... I was like, yo, I fuck with that. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I thought he was this smart intellectual nigga. And then listening to Expeditiously, bro, I probably made it through three podcast episodes. And then after listening to him talk, I'm like, all right, bro, you you not representing for, <laughs> for my demographic. You not like cause I feel like, bro, when you when you got a, a platform that's that big. I always exactly bro like I always look at it is how are you representing for us in front of these white people because that's all it boiled down to bro like are you adding fuel to their fire for what they think that we just all some nigga ass niggas you know what I mean or are you making good points are you are you putting on display your intelligence and he do the complete opposite of that. Like I, <laughs> I hate that shit, bro. I hope they light his ass up. I can't wait to see. I'm be the first yeah. nigga to watch that fucking red table talk. I tell you that. I can't we, wait. We will be eyes peeled. I got another question for you. This is zeroed in. And like I and look, I don't even like asking this question because I I fuck with the show, but I saw the comments and I wanted to just ask you how you feel with this. I'm shout out to EFN. Like he came on the pod. Respect him, respect everything that Drink Chance is doing. Shout out to Nori. Like, it's love from this end. But I want to ask because their recent guest is Russ. And, and it's funny that we had our Russ conversation, but these two things don't correlate. But I saw the comments saying, Why do y'all have Russ? Like, I thought y'all just do legends. Is Drink, and I just want to ask, is Drink Champs falling off? And it's not in the sense of a negative thing, but like, I did always expect that pod to be talking to hip hop legends and like, 
when I saw Troy Ave, when I saw Russ, it's like, are y'all doing this for clicks? I think so. But at the same time, I can't blame them because yeah. the demographic for that, even though people like me and you, we're we going to tune in to see the legends. We're going to tune in to see the OGs and we fuck with that. But it's like the demographic for that is real small because you got to think like the main target audience of that is going to be older people. And these niggas not really sitting around on YouTube and they not on Twitter like that. Like, you know what I mean? Niggas in a... 30s and 40s like upper 30s and 40s they you know what i mean like we we getting at that point where everybody you know they they got a phone you know what i mean they got a smartphone and shit but, but they're not watching they, they're not they really sitting around television. on yeah they're not sitting around on youtube all day you know what i mean so i think they knowing like okay if we want to compete with these other outlets because i know they watching joe, joe they watching charlamagne they watching yeah fucking um What's the other fuck nigga that be interviewing all the, the crazy rappers? Um, oh, you talking Vlad, about Adam 22? Oh, Vlad, yeah. Adam 22. They watching all these platforms. It's the media wars right now, man. Yeah, I, I bro. Got, we're, we're in it. I and I, know. bro, I love it, bro. Like, I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember coming up, I used to hate watching, like, MTV and shit and BET because I was like, yo, I wish I could hear these niggas talk without following that, like, mainstream media shit. You know what I mean? That's why and podcasts now, are so successful. Cause you, yeah, cause bro. It's even sports pods, you look at it like Bill Simmons or 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 uh, bar uh, barstools or what we're doing. It's like we talk about it at an unfiltered level, like we curse, like ESPN, and that's no disrespect to ESPN or Fox, because that's like they're legends to me. But it's just like they are paid by the by the NFL, by the NBA, and they can't talk necessarily a certain way about their partner because it's business yeah and bro what's crazy is they put Stephen a to where he is they give him the, the big dollars because he found the perfect way to be sound like he not following yeah. that shit but he, he stayed in bounds you know what i mean yeah, like he definitely. got on that going crazy no, you know what yeah. i'm saying so he stays right in his lane like he yeah. But Stephen is a legend. Like I love him. Yeah, bro. Stephen A. He he been getting some heat. With yo, Cavs. Yo, we get to. Oh, I totally forgot about the cap stuff. Yeah, we can talk about that real quick. I, it it just like to me with the whole cap stuff. It's like both of that. Both parties involved are at fault. Like, yeah. But like to me, it's like cap. It's like, bro. Okay. I get like it's either you got to be with your stand, or do you want to play with these people? Because it's like. You can't have give and take because it's like, okay, if these people are so despicable for what they did to you these three years, why are you begging to play? And then if you want to play, why aren't you going to do the things to play? Or are you just trying to generate marketing and, and hits because you know you're not going to play and you're just doing this to further your brand? And that's where I don't know where I stand with it. Yeah, I'm kind of... the entire message is gone. Yeah, I'm kind of... I think, I think he realized that, okay... The purpose of the kneeling, that was already met. That was met a long time ago. Like, I feel like the reason we having all these conversations about police brutality, just racism in general in 2019 going into 2020 is because of Cap. Like it or not, like, he He definitely has played a part. Yeah, he he plays a part in it for sure. I'm saying I I respect that. Like, because now he, he brought it to a point where you you can't just sweep it under the rug like he done brought it to like okay it, this mainstream 
level like nigga we know what y'all doing you know what i mean like we we not just sleep on the the subject no more you know what i mean but i'm torn in between two possibilities it's one or the other one is he never wanted to be back in the nfl he just kind of wanted to expose them for being fuck niggas you know what i mean and and two i think he realized he he wanted to play but then he realized that they wasn't giving him a fair shot so he just tried to make a big spectacle out of it just so he could go out with a fight you know what i mean cuz i don't I they, they that definitely didn't give him a, yeah they didn't give him a fair shot like, and i okay. think he the the way he did what he did i think he he found out something that led him to believe they was trying to play him you know what i mean cuz he changed the location last second so they couldn't counter it you know what i mean and then he wanted to make sure that it was live streamed so they couldn't alter it because i think i think what he thought is like okay if i go to this atlanta falcons practice facility that's indoors i'm not allowed to have any footage of what's going on the only footage would be controlled by the nfl i can almost promise you what they was gonna do is edit out every good play he made and only put together a highlight reel his incompletions his ducks that he threw you know what i mean and he wanted to prevent that which I can't blame him, you know what I mean? But I think once he realized, like, okay, they really trying to do me that, I'm going to flip this whole shit and make it a big spectacle just to try to out them as the fuck niggas they are. You know I what I mean? I definitely think that's one possibility. I definitely, definitely could see that being in the realm of there. My thing is, okay, so first off, if it's fuck them, it's fuck them. You know what I mean? If it's fuck them, it's fuck them. I don't need your help. I'm just doing my thing. I don't want to be back there. But it's not that. So you want to play for him. Okay, cool. They give you the shot no matter how messed up it is. The only thing I have a problem with is the waiver. Yeah. Fuck, fuck. Like, even, even though what you said is shitty, and I agree, that's shitty. But the, if, if, I'm, if I'm him, I rebuke the waiver. I talk to him days in advance about the waiver. If we can get that switched, I'm going my ass to Atlanta if it's about playing football. Yeah. But it's not about playing football, so it's like... You did what you did. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it, it's hard to say it's that because of the, the way the situation in the NFL put him in because the way you're talking about is very feasible. But to me, it's like, okay, they did you dirty for three years. If it's fuck them, it's fuck them. You know what I mean? It's like, but you want to play. So if you want to play, are you going to do what it takes to play? Yeah. I, and that's the thing. It's like, I thought he wanted to play, but his... What he did kind of showed me, like I don't, I don't think he really gave a fuck he about playing. Play. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think he did. And it's like if he really wanted to play, go light it up in the. And I know everybody's like, oh, why, why should, I, why should he uh, take a pay cut or or degrade himself to this? It's like, nah, bro. If it's really about playing football, and you really want to show him that you a baller, go light up the Canadian Football League and, and ball out. And I guarantee you gonna get signed. Yeah, but it's oh, not yeah, about that. The CFL it's, pick them up. I yeah. think the the XFL coming back in the next year or two, you can go play with them, which but is going to be crazy. I think niggas will sleep on that. That shit might the, actually be lit. Exactly. Like, it, it's, it's going to be very telling to see his moves, uh, where he moves from here, because, like, it's at, a, it's at an all-time teetering session where it's like, we, we definitely don't agree with the NFL, but it's like, yo, we start not to agree with you too, brother. Like, yeah. but like you look at you looking pretty bad in this too. So, 
that's all we got on cap. Uh, we got two topics left. I want to ask you, Tory Lanez went on the Joe Budden pull-up. He talked about paying for women, paying things for women. Like, uh, he's not buying no Gucci purses when you can't buy your own Gucci purses. I want to see how you felt about paying for things for women. I'm, I'm, I'm with him 1,000%. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, bro, and I'm saying there's a difference between treating your girl to nice shit and your girl just expecting certain shit because she's your girl. Mm. You know what I mean? And and I got a problem with certain women who, and not, it's not all women, but there's a lot of women that feel like I'm a woman. You gotta buy me shit. You know what I mean? And like, that's not how I go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like me, me and my girl been together for two years i want to say like maybe probably close to the first year we've been together i don't think i've bought her anything of you know significant monetary value you know what i mean like outside of like you know taking out on dates and shit but like after she put time in and i was you know once i realized like yo she is legitimately here for me now she can get nice things you know what i mean like now i don't have no problem if oh, you want a bag if i if i got the money to buy you that bag I'm buy you that bag because i feel yeah like no deserve. i feel that but, like i'm with you the same way like I, i'm with my girl for a year now and it's like and it's like she doesn't expect me to buy her anything like she doesn't yeah. want to like i do that because like like yo you want to go to this concert let's do that and, and that's the thing i like about my girlfriend she likes experiences so it's like I don't have to really buy her like jewelry or like bags or anything like this. Like if if it's like a concert or an event, like we could go do make some memories. Like that's that's cool. But like, but at the same token, it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean I don't have to buy her stuff because like I can, but she doesn't expect it. But it's the women that are a with you because of your money, b with you because you can you buy them nice things and they get used to that and they start expecting that and then it's all about the money and it's like you're a user and abuser, my friend. Yeah, that shit just not cool. What happened if I hit a little, little tough spot? You know what I mean? Now we yeah. we're not together no more because shit just wasn't good like it's always been. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, I'm never for you, you entitled to certain shit just because you're a woman. Mm. Like, and I respect women a thousand percent, bro. Like I'm, I, bro, I come from a single mother household and I got a sister and I got a daughter. You know what I mean? I believe women deserve it all, but not just because they're a woman. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get it just because you're a woman. Like, you gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta earn your respect. And I, and these, and our male brethren are being used out here in these streets, man. They got a lot of these, these women that, that, there's a lot of tricks out here. Yeah, bro. That's, and that's, that's the niggas that make it hard for niggas like me. Because a lot of, a lot of women think I'm on some sucker shit just because of how I think. You know what I mean? And it's not even like that. Like, I I respect women more than the average nigga. No, sure. I feel you. But it's you like, ain't about to just get anything out of me just because you a woman. And you feel like I'm supposed to do that for you. Like, nah. Exactly. And we're not talking about dates. We're talking about, like, buying big shit. Like, I'm not about to, I'm not about to just give you, like, you know, like, some fucking hundred something dollar, two hundred something dollar it worth of jewelry and they might say, Oh, that nigga broke because he said two hundred something dollar worth of jewelry, but that's the type of people that's like, yo, it's you bitches could do you bitches could be get on with yourself, yo. Like, yeah. Like, real, bro. It's like I'm not like yo, yo I'm not getting you a five hundred dollar purse, thousand dollar like nah fam. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. It's not it's not rocking like that. Especially if you're not my girl. Cause like what are we talking about here? 
But they got a lot of niggas that's on the flip side of that. They really like the fact that, oh, I could I could buy you this and you'll give me your time. You know what I mean? And that's they, so they with that. That's crazy to me because then you know they how do you know they really love you? They don't. And I yeah. think those those niggas know that. You know what I mean? You like, think they're they, okay with it? I, I think so. Cause they got they got yeah. a lot of niggas that know because bro, like we got we keep it a bean. Niggas know that. Just like with anything else, you you got a ceiling when when it come to women. Like there's yeah. only there's only a certain level of woman you gonna be able to bag, and niggas know that. Like niggas know when you look at a female, you like, yeah, she might be a little out my league. You know what I mean? But then they got those niggas that's like, okay, she might be a little bit out my league, but I can buy. But you I this. got money. Be bag, <laughs> and she gonna fuck with me. You know what I mean? And all they gotta do is just keep that up, and they gotta. You know Yo, what I mean? It's sick. It is so sick that our society that money raises our our, our affection level. Like yeah. you're so right because there's women and men out of other women and men's leagues, but it's like if you got that that green ticket, <laughs> you could you could jump a couple levels. Yeah, bro. And 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 not just niggas. They got women that do the same shit. Yeah, definitely. Like they got men that are trying to be trophy husbands. Like funny enough, me and Schubert said like, yo, if 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 a woman wanted to, you know, pay me to be her her man, like I ain't turning that shit down. Fuck it, yeah, let's nah. get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <nah. laughs> I'll be a little uh, uh shit. You want to be my sugar mama? Cool, let's rock, fam. Right. Whatever. It ain't, it ain't tricking if you got it. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm with it. <laughs> but I ain't paying. Fuck no. <laughs> right. Getting shit out of me. <laughs> oh man, the final topic we got today. All right, I didn't want to. Uh, I wanted to talk about this because it, it's happening, but I don't want to jump to conclusions. But the Pels are on a two-game win streak. Yes, sir. How should we feel about this? I'm trying to temper expectations. Brandon Ingram got back. But I think the biggest upside to this is Drew Holiday's finally playing like Drew Holiday. Now, can he be consistent? In the game against Portland, he had 22 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. In the game against the Warriors, which I don't like to count because the Warriors, to me, are a collegiate team because they don't have Steph, they don't have Draymond, and they don't have... uh, 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 D'Angelo Russell, even though Draymond played against the Pels, but you know what I mean. Uh, J- uh, Drew Holiday had 22 and 9 and 8. He's finally becoming that player that, you know, well, not becoming, but being that player that we always thought he is. Are the Pels looking up from here? We about I to think have, so, bro. We got a I tough three game so. road trick stretch coming. Actually, the next couple of games are tough. We got Suns, Jazz, Clippers. The Lakers is going to be an intense game with emotions. We got the Thunder, the Thunder again, and then the uh, Mavericks. So we got a tough little stretch. That's a very tough stretch. Yeah. But, uh, I, man, I, I think they, they win at least half. Ooh, I think, okay. I, think, I think they can win at least half. They can. Now, will they actually do that is another question. Because the talent and, is there, and as, as more people come back healthy, it's like, yo, all right. Okay, yeah, I was just about to say that, bro. If they can just go two fucking games without an injury, <laughs> like it seemed like every game somebody go down. But if they can go that stretch healthy, bro, we got it. Cause I, I see the confidence getting there. And, yeah, and bro, Derek Favors, Jaleel Okafor, y'all better count your fucking minutes, cause my guy <laughs> Jackson is coming, bro. My God, Jackson is not playing no games. He's starting to not look like a deer in headlights. He's starting bro, to get his stuff together. that nigga is nasty, bro. Yeah, he nice. We he got us good. one. We yeah, got we us do. one. We got us two because I, I, Nikhil Alexander-Walker looking good too, man. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a a big Nikhil fan. Oh, you not a he, fan? He 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 talented, but he got one issue with him is that he plays like he's bigger than what he is, and not but not okay. size wise, but he plays like he has more he a he, superstar. No, I know what you're talking about. But um, let me say this: Kobe did that too. Yeah. And, and like, not, not, and don't not, get me wrong, bro. I think in the future. That type of mentality is what we gonna need, like that, cause he a killer, bro. Like if if the he game is, if the game catch up to his mentality, he gonna be nasty. Yeah, like but he just and he got today. some moves now, like his step back, his yeah. and his vision is nuts. Like in yeah. that game against the Trailblazers, he did like a or it was either tra- I didn't you know it's the Trailblazers. He did he broke into the lane, did like a left hand cross court pass to the corner to Frank Jackson. That was sick. Yeah. And it was like, no, yo, Frank, this dude. No, Frank that shit. I, Frank another nigga. Yeah, I'm, Frank I'm looking good. Really, bro, he's improving. I don't like, know what Frank's ceiling is, though. Like, I don't know if Frank will ever become an all-star, but Frank could be a quality, like, role player. Nah, he not he not an all-star, but he going to be something serious. He going to be that dude that you know, a, you better guard him. Because if he, if he catch that ball in that corner, that splash, he going to be like another J.J. Redick. Like what JJ Reddick is now, I think Frank gonna grow into that. You know, what you gotta I mean? get his three. You gotta get that percentage up. But like, it's looking good this year. I gotta give him that. And yeah. he can drive the ball. He can create a little better than JJ. Oh. JJ's finally hitting his shots. Nico Melli's coming along good. But Brandon Ingram and Drew Holiday are looking like the one and two of this team. If we could ever get Zion and Lonzo back, watch oh. out, man. Yeah, Lonzo actually probable for the Suns game, so he should Ooh, be okay. back. Next game, hopefully. If not, if not by the Suns, definitely by the Jazz. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm so, saying once uh Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Jackson, and Zion on the floor at the same time is bro, it's trouble. That bro yeah. running that that pace that we run, and Lonzo with his vision, bro. I'm saying what you gonna do when you got Jackson and Zion just. Driving full head of steam to the paint on a fast break, just dunking everything. Like these niggas gonna be nasty, bro. It's gonna be a good time, man. But I'm I'm trying to temper expectations. But we talk about when it's negative, it's positive right now. Gotta give Drew Holiday his flowers. He's starting to come around. JJ Reddick's showing why we paid him that money. Uh K, uh, K- Rich, uh Kenrich Williams, gotta give him his props because he's probably the most undervalued player of this team. He does all the little things, gets the rebounds, hustles, gets charges, gets the calls out defensive stuff. Uh, like he is the most like, well, like Jackson Hayes said, he's the heart and soul of this team. Drew Holiday says he's underpaid. K. Rich, man, it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle his free agency next year. Bro, he hustles more than anybody I ever seen. I think he one of them like Pat Beverly ass niggas, like when he, he just like he grinding the entire game like he not the best player you know what i mean like he not an all-star he not a you know a superstar ass nigga but bro he out hustle anybody on the floor he'll get you 10 rebounds easy and then anybody bro and i'm saying it always come in the moments where we need it like where you don't think he about to grab a board and he just sky from the fucking three-point line and come grab some shit you know like somebody think they got a short rebound under the goal to the other team and he just come out of nowhere, just hit it out their hands and give us an extra possession. You know what I mean? Like, he really, he the spark. Like, he the spark. No, he definitely is, man. It's going to be interesting to see how the Pels go on this run. We will be talking more Pels as the weeks to come. Doom, man, tell the people where they can find you on social media, my brother. Hello, Doom, SJE. 
100%. And with that being said, let's get into the interview with Joy Taylor. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very special guest today on the Bros Who Think podcast. I'm super excited. You may know her as the host of the Maybe I'm Crazy pod, or you may know her as the co-host of The Herd, or even if you've been watching FS1 for a while, you may know she was the old host of Skipping uh, of uh, Undisputed. We're joined today by the brilliant Miss Joy Taylor. Joy, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Can't complain. I'm excited that you're on the show, and we're really excited to talk to you today. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, uh, no, no problem. Thank you for coming. Uh, first thing we want to do before we get started with any of the sports conversations and the questions I want to ask you, we always want to know how our guest has come up, how they made their uh their mark to where they are now, basically where where you started from, and just give us that origin story. Start from the bottom. Now we're here. Pretty much, yeah. Um, well, I actually started in Miami. I went to Barry University in Miami. And um, when I started at Barry, uh, I was a, a junior. And I was getting into all my broadcasting classes. So I was a broadcast journalism major there. And uh, one of my classes was, I believe it was uh, writing for media. And uh, a professor had... Uh, Miss Connie Hicks, she's an amazing professor there at Barry. She had the radio team from the radio station at Barry come in and talk to the class, and they were recruiting um, hosts for the radio station at school. And uh, I was kind of surprised listening to them. Like I would have assumed that people were lining up to host shows for the radio station at, at the school. I mean, that's just like free exposure, free reps you know what i mean and yeah uh, they they didn't they needed hosts to fill different shows and you could do whatever kind of show you wanted you could do a political show you could do a music show um entertainment whatever you wanted so um i just got as much information as i could after the class was over and um started doing my own like entertainment and music show like learning how to run the board um you know getting reps talking doing interviews different stuff like that and i mean obviously the reach for Barry University Radio is not far outside of Miami Gardens um, and on campus, but it was also online. And um, it just really gave me a good sense of confidence that, you know, this is what I wanted to do. And also that that I could do it. You know what I mean? Like I could go yeah. in and, and make my own show. Um, I'm sure if I went back and listened to the quality of the show now, I would be mortified. But you know, I was I was learning the business um, there at school, so that's where I started. And then I started interning for WQAM in Miami for the Joe Rose Morning Show, which is um, a legendary show in the Miami area. And um, that was kind of my first step into the business. So I really started in radio. Uh, I I never really wanted to be a reporter. Um, some of my professors kind of try to push me into being a reporter and. I, I I always felt like reporters had a very strong obligation to um, honesty and, and and just integrity. You know, you're given the news. You're not giving your opinion when you're a reporter. At least I feel that way. I don't know. I mean, you know, fake no, news. No, I agree with you. <laughs> it's that's why... That's why I chose not to be a reporter. I, I basically have the same story. Well, from what you just told me, that's exactly like I'm interning at a radio station right now while I'm in school. Like that's 
and doing my own thing. So I, I and I didn't want to go down the reporter route just for that exact reason. Like it's you don't get it's not a opinion based. It's more you got to tell the truth and what's going on exactly when it's going on. Right. And not that I don't, you know, want to give uh, listeners and viewers the truth, obviously. But oh, yeah. No, no, for sure. I would rather re- I would rather react to what has happened than have to find out what happens. Um, so that, you know, to me, I hold reporters um, and anchors in the highest uh, respect because of that in the business. I think, you know, because of that obligation. So I really respect that. So I really wanted to get into the opinion side of things. Um, so I started in radio, which is obviously 98% opinion. Um, and so I, I did that show. And then I worked for DJ Laz, who was another Miami legend, um, producing his morning show. So I got a, got a taste of both sides, and you know, entertainment, music, and um, sports radio really early in college. And that was pretty instrumental for me. So that was my first step into the business. And I got my first job a few years later at QAM um, as a producer for Sid Rosenberg. Uh, worked for Dan Cilio as a producer there. Um, and then I transitioned to 790 in Miami as the executive producer for the morning show there with Hawkman and Zaslow. Um, did that for a little while and then eventually became the host with Zaslow for the Zaslow and Joy Morning Show, which was really my first um, step full time into, um, you know, an on air position. So we did that show for two years. Um, Ron- Brett Romberg joined us on the show for a little for a little while after I started, and uh, it was a, it was a great time. Um, we really you know made our mark in Miami radio, sports radio. I worked for CBS Sports, Fantasy Football Today. Um, with uh, Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richards. So I've been all over the board um, in the business. And then now, obviously, I'm at FS1 with originally with Skip and Shannon on Undisputed and now with Colin on the Herds back in in radio, ironically, which is where it all started. But I love the radio format. It's my I think it's my favorite in all of media because I really love being able to reach people um, on an intimate level, I think, you know, people really said like radio was, was going to die eventually. And then I think radio kind of in a big way became podcasts. So it just sort of evolved, but the theater of the mind and being able to, you know, almost feel like you're having a one-on-one conversation with the listener, uh, is, is really special to me. So being able to work on the herd is cool because it's, you know, it is radio and television. That's amazing. And I, and I've, feels similar sentiments how you feel about radio that that's super super dope i want to ask you a question about the what's what's the difference like between being in in the middle of that war zone of uh skip and shannon when they're debating then being with colin being with his hot takes because y'all get internet uh y'all get internet uh what's the what's the word i'm looking for uh, y'all are, y'all constantly trend by his takes and your takes and you and people come at y'all on the internet versus being in the middle of that war zone that's Skip and Shannon. Well, yeah, they're totally different shows, obviously, and the beats are different. The length of the show is different. Um, the the energy is different. But, um, I mean, with Skip and Shannon, it's kind of like, at you know, at any moment, <laughs> you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um just because it's a debate show, you know, and, and yeah. Colin though is more, um, like thoughtful, uh, long form, um, 
because it's radio. So it, it's it's totally different. And it's it's me and Colin, you know, as opposed to me, Skip, and Shannon. But, yeah. um, but it's fun. You know, they're, they're totally different, like I said. But, um, I mean, with Skip and Shannon, you know, we launched that show together, the three of us, when, when Skip came to FS1. And obviously Shannon came around the same time. So... That that's really special. It was a special experience for me, obviously being able to to jump right in at FS1 with the biggest name in the business in in Skip Bayless, um, and then getting you know to work with Shannon, obviously a legendary Hall of Famer who you know I grew up watching play the game. Uh, it was it was really fun to be able to do that. We traveled a lot our first year to a bunch of different cities. You know, we were at the NBA Finals and. Um, uh, the U.S. Open and, uh, you know, Super Bowl. So that was an amazing experience. And now working with Colin, you know, Colin is really great to work with. He's obviously uh, a legend in the business as well. And um, and, and just just cool and relaxed all the, all the time. And and we have a we have a really great, great time. I mean, it's a three hour show. It goes by so fast. Um, and it, it's, uh, uh, you know, I'm really blessed. I've worked with some really talented people. That and that's amazing, and you can see your your greatness in those shows when you were on that show. And then if you listen to your "I'm maybe uh, maybe I'm crazy" pod, which I absolutely enjoy, that show is really really great because you get not only your sports takes but your takes on the world. So it's really really dope. I must say the people in Louisiana were a little hot with you and Colin. Uh, couple like a week and a half ago uh, before that Bama game, and then I know they had to come after at y'all after the LSU game. After me, I said LSU was going to win. I love Joe Burrow and Ed or- Orgeron. Well, it was more so Colin. You're right. You're Colin, absolutely right. Yeah, right. Colin picked Alabama. I felt like LSU was going to win um, straight up. And I, I, it just kind of felt that way. First, well, first of all, I didn't really like the reports that I was hearing about Tua. Um, that's fine if you're playing Arkansas, but I don't think a backup quarterback is going to make it happen against LSU. Not the way they're playing this year, especially Joe Burrow. And uh, I felt like they rushed Tua back. I mean, no, you can't say anything about that game that Tua, Tua played. I mean, he was incredible, especially not being 100%. Yeah. Um, so, you know, respect to him. But I always felt like LSU was going to win. So, no, I didn't, I didn't get any heat for that. I don't know what Colin got, but <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really like LSU this year. I hope that uh, Miami ends up getting Joe Burrow. Ooh, the, the Dolphins? Yeah, because I think that, the, I mean, they, they keep winning games, so, uh, and the Bengals keep losing. So it's looking like the Bengals are going to get the number one overall pick, and they'll, I'm assuming they're going to take Tua, so. That would be a good look for you guys, especially with y'all. I love y'all's head coach. He's setting, even though y'all are losing, y'all are y'all play super super hard and Brian Flores is setting a good culture there and that's and Joe Burrow's the type of quarterback that has grit he he he's a leader so it would fit along with Brian Flores pretty well I want to ask you before we jump into the NFL who do you think what do you think of uh, college football this year who do you think is gonna uh end up in the playoffs and just give me a little bit of that that uh flavor well, uh, college football. I mean, obviously, I think that LSU is going to be. I, 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 if I'm, if I got to pick a winner right now, I want to say LSU. But man, Ohio State is so good. So See, I, that's what my co-hosts tell me all the time, and I'm like, who have they played? I mean, really, but you can make that argument for every major, like major college uh, team. Like they, they, they always schedule cupcakes. Like that's how it goes. You know what I mean? Like if you're the big dog, you get to make the choices for 
for your schedule. So Alabama is obviously notorious for that. So I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't feel it with Alabama this year. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs after that loss. Um, I don't think LSU is going to lose. I don't think Clemson is going to lose. Um, Ohio State and Penn State play in two weeks, I think. I think um, you're right. I don't know what the schedule is. but So so they're going to cancel each other out there either way. I mean, if, Ohio, if Penn State has two losses, I mean, bad loss for Penn State to uh, Minnesota. Minnesota's obviously playing amazing, although I do think they lose this weekend. Um but I think Ohio State wins that game. So um, I don't know because it's tough because Georgia might get in. I don't really know. Like the next couple of weeks are going to be really telling. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the, obviously like the rest of the, ske- the schedule is going to determine that. But I think Clemson makes it. I think um, LSU makes it. Ohio State, I think that number four spot will be interesting, whether it's Georgia, Alabama, um, you know, Penn State. Uh, I really liked Oklahoma at the beginning of the year. but I did too. Um, we'll see what happens, but I think if I gotta pick a winner, I think I'm going with LSU. But uh, but Ohio State is is serious. But I think it comes down to Ohio State and LSU. See, I that's that's exactly what my co's agree with, and I feel I I just want to see it from Ohio State because I love Chase Young. I think I think their defense is great. I just want to see how Justin Fields performs against an equally as good defense. But the, you can't go wrong with those picks, and I and. It's it's funny because we don't get an Oregon in the playoffs or a o- Oklahoma. I wish I wish we could have seen an, another conference instead of two SEC teams, but that's just how the cookie crumbles. What do you feel about the NFL this year, uh, Joy? Oh well, I had different feelings at the beginning of the season. Kansas City is uh, is is really that's the, that's the team that's killing me right now because I love Patrick Mahomes. I think they're such an exciting team, but their defense is so sketch. So, <laughs> and they, no, they, can't, they can't get the running game going. They really ain't been the same since Kareem Hunt left. So, I don't um I don't know about Kansas City. I know it, I think right now, uh, the way that things are trending, I think it's going to come down to New England and Baltimore. I would love to say Baltimore will win that, but I don't know how Baltimore beats Bill Belichick twice. Mm, so, yes. I I I do want to say Baltimore because man I do not want to watch another Super Bowl with New England I just don't I don't I agree with that 100% Lamar's so good like I love seeing him do his thing they're they're playing amazing um I'm happy for him I'm I'm impressed of the you know just the level that he stepped up from last year to this year I was really not feeling what I was hearing from the Ravens um coming into this season but clearly they developed him. Clearly he worked on his body and his game in the offseason. And he's just so, so fun to watch. And, and I love, actually, I really just love the, you know, this, this current collective group of quarterbacks. You know, it's really, it's really beautiful to see Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson. And it just, you know, just crushing that that ridiculous stereotype of black quarterbacks are only running athletic and yep. you know can't make the plays and can't be counted on the clutch moments like we done with all that thank god um, it's a good time man because i just remember growing up and they just had michael vick donovan McNabb, maybe a dante Culpepper here or there but the for the primary thing it was six four he had to have, be quote-unquote smart have to have, be a thrower not necessarily runner dominate the pocket and we're seeing all these guys, like you say, shatter that mold. Yeah, and they're all different. 
but all, you know, great athletes. And I think that that's going to really be the trend moving forward. We had Trent Dilfer on the show um, earlier this week and um, also Bucky Brooks said the same thing. And I think they're both right. Like the, the whole idea of having a, you know, quarterback that just sits in the pocket and is not mobile um, that doesn't work anymore in today's NFL. Like we're seeing the quarterbacks that do that. I mean, unless you're Tom Brady, who's obviously, you know, the most cerebral quarterback probably to ever play the game. It really does. You really need a, a hybrid quarterback. So more and more younger, you know, high school level players, the best athlete is starting to become the quarterback as opposed to, you know, your traditional uh, quarterback body type, you know, yeah. that's not necessarily mobile. So that trend is going to continue, which is, which is cool. It's cool to see the the next generation of quarterbacks come up like that. But anyway, uh, and Patrick Mahomes, obviously, too, who's probably the best example of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. In the AFC, I really, I don't want to doubt New England because I've been burned by them too many times. I am tired of seeing them in the Super Bowl. No disrespect to Tom Brady or Patriots fans. It's just we had enough. We didn't <laughs> see it all. There's nothing new to see. Um, there's no difference uh, this year than last year, except for Gronk not being there. So I don't want to see another Patriots Super Bowl, but I really don't know other than the Ravens who can beat them, um, especially in Foxborough, if that's how it ends up going down. As far as the NFC, psh, I don't know. Do you know? There's so many good teams. I was um, going to say before this past week, I'd, I'd tell you the Saints getting Drew Brees back were looking really good, but that Atlanta game just made me question so much. It, it, it really did. I didn't really take anything um, from the Saints in that Atlanta game because – I just think everybody's got a bad loss. That's the NFL. You know, it's not college where, you know, it, it's going to be an all-time upset if you if you lose. Um, anybody can lose in the NFL. These are all professionals any week. So I didn't really take too much from that Atlanta loss. Like, Atlanta's not that good, and the Saints aren't that bad. I love the Saints this year. I think up until last week, because of the way the 49ers played against the Seahawks, the Saints were the, were the best team in the NFL to me. I mean, to go 5-0 and without Drew Brees um, is just really impressive. Like, that's uh, – I don't know another team that could lose their starting quarterback like that. I mean, you could say Carolina, but I don't really trust Carolina like that. I mean, they, what they did was, you know, impressive. They've been playing great this year, but they're not the Saints. So, to me, the Saints were the best team, but I got to give it to the 49ers currently because even though they lost to Seattle, that was an all-time great game. Like, that was a playoff-level game. We get one of those, you know, probably once or twice a regular season. And, uh, I mean, I was just I, – I did not expect anything from the 49ers this year. My bad, because they are, they are for real. So, to me, the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now. Um, but I really still love the Saints. So, I, do, I think it comes down to the Saints and the 49ers. I don't – I mean, the Seahawks are serious. Like, for real, the Seahawks – the Seahawks could be there too. Like I, I don't know why I'm not considering the Seahawks in this because Russell Wilson's having an MVP season. I don't know. The NFC is just crazy right now. How do you feel? Because I, I've brought this up to my co-host a bunch of times, and I like to say the Packers. One of my co-hosts likes to say the Vikings. But to me, as much as I love the Packers, my biggest concern, because they have great running game, great defense, my biggest concern is the passing game with Matt Nagy's play call. I mean, Matt LaFleur's play calling, excuse me. How do you feel about the Packers? in this mix of the NFC? Um, yeah, so I really like the Packers, but I feel like the Packers just give me some pause. Like, while, while, while their defense is definitely better than it's been um, 
I mean, in a long time. I don't know what what the Packers were thinking. They're kind of the Chiefs are kind of doing the same thing. Like, let's just rely solely and completely on our quarterback, and hopefully, we just score more points than the other team. Not really a good strategy, but I, I like their defense. I don't love it. Obviously, their running game is amazing. Aaron, um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, having Devontae Adams out is tough. I don't know. I, I like it. I thought Aaron Rodgers would have an MVP level season. I mean, he's in Me the, too. He's in the discussion, but um, I mean, yeah, they're not they're not anybody to be ignored for sure. But I just I just think the 49ers, the Saints, and the Seahawks are just a, a shred above right now. I don't trust the Vikings. I love their roster minus Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I and every week, like every other week, Kirk Cousins you know, makes me look stupid, but then he doesn't. So I'm counting on the doesn't, and uh, I don't trust the Vikings in the, in the deep in the playoffs. Me neither, Joy, me neither. But you make a great, great point about the cream of the crop of the NFC. We got who you think is going to be at the end of the season. Let's jump real quick to the NBA before I get to rapid fire. I want to ask you, I know we're still very early in the season. Portland has a lot of losses. People thought they would be in the playoffs. So it's just it's it's really early to de- to decide. But just I want to know what have you seen from the NBA teams that you've liked? Maybe some teams that are surprising you. Um. Well, I mean, obviously, start with the Lakers. The Lakers are playing incredible basketball right now. Which not that it surprised me, but you know, it is LeBron um, and it is LA and the Lakers. So I did expect a little more drama at the beginning of the season. They're really clicking. Uh, the Anthony Anthony Davis shoulder thing does concern me, but they are second. They're tied for second in the NBA in assists per game, which is really impressive because that means they're moving the ball around, and uh, obviously they're they're making <laughs> their shots, which is important. So um, I love that stat. I, I love the way they've been playing. No drama. Um, great chemistry. Kuzma, obviously, we knew he was going to be a huge part of this. Um, I really like Kyle Kuzma. And, uh, yeah, so so the Lakers, not a surprise to me. I wouldn't say surprise because we knew they were, gonna, they were gonna be great, but just the no drama and just the way that the the team is is coming together so quickly is impressive. I love the Clippers, obviously. I, I think they're gonna win the championship at the end of the day because I think they have more depth than the Lakers. And I don't like to get too far into depth, like, oh, you know, they have a great bench, but that that does matter later in the regular season when you're obviously Kawhi is doing load management, you want to make sure the stars are healthy going into the playoffs, playoff stretch. So to me, if I'm going to, if I got to pick between Paul George and Kawhi and the Clippers roster and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers roster, I'm taking the Clippers. And it's kind of because Anthony Davis, you know, he, he's got that glass. Like he, yeah. Like there's, there is that to be concerned about. So Right now, I'm taking the Clippers. Um, I'm, I'm disappointed in the way the Pelicans are playing. Obviously, Lonzo out for a couple games. They don't have Zion. But, you know, I was excited to see what the Pelicans were going to do this year. I don't want to get too crazy until Zion gets back. But um, I also love the Mavericks. I love Chris Stapps and uh, Luka. I was excited to see them before the season started. That game against the Lakers, um, I think two weeks ago or a week ago, was, um, was really fun to watch. They're... They're fun, young. Luca is a superstar. Uh, he's just—I mean, you—you you could he's watch the real deal. I, yeah, I mean, he's just—he's just a baller, and he's got swag, and he—you know, 
Talks. Just the way he carries himself. He's, he he has that superstar ambiance, like, and you can feel it through the screen. Yeah, he's he's the real deal. I like him a lot. So so yeah, I mean the NBA season, obviously Portland not playing not playing what we want them to do, and obviously my Heat. Like I can't, you know, we beat the Cavs tonight. You know, it ain't y'all are, y'all are really good, man. I I love Tyler Hero. I I kind of like the Jimmy Butler thing, and not and I believe his name's None. He's he's come on tremendously. I think y'all do need to move Goran Dragic though. Um, yeah, I mean, Pat Riley always has a little, a little move up his sleeve. We'll see what happens before the uh, trade deadline. Um, but, but I love the way the Heat are playing. I'm glad we're finally, you know, back in the national conversation. We had to eat it for a couple years like the Warriors are. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and we're back and that's fun because I love the Heat. I'm glad Jimmy Butler is playing with a, a chip on his shoulder uh, all year. And Tyler Hero is a, a future superstar. Um, he's a shooter, so you gotta love that. So yeah, I mean the NBA is the NBA is in great shape right now, and and I really like that that the you know the big three era, you know that we've moved into back into duos. I'm digging that as well. Thanos, the NBA, um, and I, and I like that because it, it's it feels like there's a genuine sense of parity now. As opposed to like every year, we know Golden State's going to be there in the end, so we can like you know maybe hope Houston can get over it. But you know at the end of the day, we really know the Golden State's going to be there. Now, I mean, it's really even in the East, like the top of the East is is interesting. Like there's the Sixers, obviously, are playing great. Like there's Celtics, so it's it's interesting. There's there's a lot of different ways the season can go. It's a long season. Um, We got to wait and see. One thing we do know is the Warriors are going to be terrible. That's what we did. <laughs> 100%. I love that the Celtics have shocked, pretty much shocked a lot of basketball, being that when Ky- Kyrie was there last year, they're not doing well, and now they're playing together, clicking a little more with the additions of Kim. But I think when Cantor comes back, that Celtics team's going to be something to watch for. Yeah, I knew the Celtics were going to be great this year because they they had some issues last year with roles. And, um, you know, it's not it's not sexy to talk about, but that's that's a big part of especially a team that doesn't have, say, a LeBron James or a Kawhi, you know, where it's like, OK, we know who the guy guy is. And, and, and Kyrie was that guy, but also wasn't on the same page with Brad Stevens. And, you know, with a team like that, especially young players and a lot of players who haven't been paid their big contracts yet, everybody's kind of playing for themselves and if you listen to, you know, old heads and vets and, and retired guys from the NBA, like they always talk about like being the best at whatever it is you do. And when you have young players, you got to convince them, like, do what you do at the highest level. Don't try and do this. If you're not a shooter, don't try and be a shooter. If you're a defender, be the best defender. And I think the Celtics had just too much going on last year. So I knew once they got Kyrie, once Kyrie moved out, which I think to me, like that's on Brad Stevens. You got a superstar like Kyrie, you got to mm. adjust. All right. If John Wooden could could change it up, you could change it up. Yep. So to me, that's on Brad Stevens. If they don't end up winning a championship during his tenure there, you have someone at the talent level of Kyrie. I'm not really counting this year with Kyrie in Brooklyn as anything. They don't have Kevin Durant, so whatever. Um, I'm not I'm not really judging anything that happens with Brooklyn this year with Kyrie. That's not the team that we're looking for. We're looking for KD with Kyrie, yes. but. With the Celtics, you got Kyrie, you're in the East. They should have made that work to me, I feel like. And, and the conversations we were hearing coming out of Boston after the season was over, if you read between the lines, that's really what it was. They did not have roles. Everyone didn't know what they were supposed to be doing. This is my role. This is your role. 
do it to the highest level. Kyrie is the game plan. Let's follow him. So I just felt like nobody was really buying into what was happening there on any level. But um, so I knew they would be better this year because it was just going to be a different set of circumstances as far as that goes. But it's looking like it's working. So the East is going to be really interesting. Yes, they will. Joy, thank you so much. Let's get into the final segment. It's just rapid fire really quick before we get you out of here. Favorite music artist? Mm. Um, like right now or all time? Uh, you could do both. If... Okay, I would say uh, all times Prince. Um, I love Prince. Uh, who doesn't? But he's just like, to me, Prince is the greatest ever. I know everyone you know, is going to go with Michael. Uh, obviously, I love Michael, too. He's 1A. But to me, Prince is just uh, all-around musician and artist and poet and writer and performer. And I, I just uh, I love Prince. Right now, I'm going to have to go with Cardi B. Oh, man. But, okay. Lizzo, but Lizzo. I don't know. I'm tied between Cardi B and Lizzo right now. I love Lizzo so much. Um, I, I, you know, I always want to be confident so I don't disappoint her. And and Cardi's just killing it. Like she's everywhere. Uh, you know, yeah, she is. She was well, just in that movie, which was pretty damn good. Hustlers was good. I wish I would have seen more of her in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cardi. She's in it. she just she's just killing it. She's everywhere right now, and um, she just. I love Cardi. I think everybody loves her for the same reason that she's just raw, and you know, you just feel like you could hang with her. You know, she kind of has that kind of Rihanna element where it's like, yeah, you know, you could you could probably party with, with Cardi and survive, you know. Um, <laughs> yes. So I just I love Cardi. Cardi and Lizzo to me are my two favorites right now, and Prince all time. Okay, cool. Favorite movie of all time? Braveheart. Braveheart. Ooh, that that's a good, good choice. That Mel Gibson speech gets me every time. Yeah. I mean Mel Gibson, eh, but like, yeah, the the movie, that was back when we liked Mel Gibson a lot. Um them, yeah, I love that movie. I've seen that movie a million times. I love his speech. Um, you know, it has everything. Bad. I, and I, I don't I don't know. I have a weird thing about like medieval times. Like I just watched The King. Did you um, like it? And Netflix, I did like it actually. It wasn't as slow as it looks like it is. Like it looks like it's it's going to be slow the whole movie. There's some really good battle scenes in it. Yes, um, and he and does. Robert Pattinson surprised me. Yeah, he was a little. He was extra. I guess he was supposed to be extra. But it's hard, like with him, because I always just think Twilight, and I got to snap out of that because he's going to be Batman too. So <laughs> yes, um, I'm excited to see his transition into that great actor. Yeah, no, he's great. So uh, overall, that movie was good. But yeah, Braveheart, my second favorite movie is Pulp Fiction. Uh, third favorite movie, Lion King. Um, then fourth and fifth, kind of interchangeable. It's tough, like probably 300. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Then right. the, fifth, you know the fifth one in any list is kind of like interchangeable depending on the mood. But I would say those are my top four. 100%. Okay. If you could live anywhere that... From where you're living right now, where would it be? Like other than L.A.? Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I lived in Pittsburgh. I love Pittsburgh. Obviously, I grew up there. Um, I lived in Miami for 10 years. I love Miami. So why don't we just eliminate the places I already lived? Okay, we can do that. Um, so in Pittsburgh and Miami, L.A., uh, it's tough because I really love New York. And I think I, could, I think I could make it there. I love the cities. I'm a city person. But I really, really love New Orleans. Like, New Orleans is probably my favorite city, like, in the country. 
I love New Orleans. Like I must have been, uh, I don't know, I must have lived there in a past life or something. Like every time I go there, I'm like just so happy. And I, I love New Orleans. So probably New Orleans. If you ever, if you ever there and need a recommendation for a, a good restaurant, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up with something. The I definitely, I love uh, Arnaud's. I love their jazz dinner and jazz brunch at Arnaud's. Um, Le Petit Grocery, they have blue crab beignets, fire. Um, where else do I like in, in New Orleans? I got to think. Um, I always like going to uh, the, the oldest bar there. What is it? Blacksmiths, I think yep. it's called. Yeah, the oldest bar in America. Yeah, I love New Orleans. But yeah, I'll take all recommendations for sure. I'm always trying to eat down there. Awesome. And the final question we ask everybody, we ask everybody this. If you're the director, writer, producer, whatever it is, to the Joy Taylor movie, how do you want that movie to end? <laughs> when it ends. Um, oh, okay. So what is it? What It's at like the end of my life. I'm an old person or it's like my story up until now. It's it's however you interpret the question. It's just how if 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 I'm at the movie theater and it's it's the ending of that movie, how would you want it to end? <laughs> huh. Um, that's a good question. I've literally never thought about that. Um, I don't know. You know what? I like movies that ha that like to me, the good ending of a movie is not necessarily when you leave happy, but when you leave feeling like you have a lot to talk about like the yo like what do you think that meant or like what happened in, th in that part of the movie like when you left get out or us you know or like you leave star wars like when you're just like okay we got we got all kinds of stuff we have to talk about so i mean i think the ending to me would be something that uh that makes you think like you don't know what's coming next but it gives you something to think about okay, i think okay. that's how we want it to end not not like not like happy ending no sad endings, nothing negative. Just like you don't something know what to start the conversation. Like, yeah, you have a conversation about something when you leave. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy. Tell the people where they can find you out on social media. Tell them where they can hear, uh, listen to your content. Tell them where they can just find all that good stuff. Well, you can watch me on The Herd from noon to 3 Eastern on FS1 weekdays. Uh, me and Colin Cowherd. You can also listen to the podcast, Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Um, we're on YouTube, so you can watch the podcast or you can listen on the iHeartMedia app, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, SoundCloud, and you can follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook too, if that's what you do, uh, Joy Taylor Talks. Awesome. Thank you so much, Joy, for coming on the pod. I'm going to toss it back to you, Lyndon and Schubert, to finish up Bros Who Ball. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Bros Who Ball. want to thank Miss Joy Taylor for coming on the pod again. Be sure to follow her, at, follow her at Joy Taylor Talks. Super, super dope interview. And just want to say thank you again for taking the time to come talk to us at the Bros Who Think podcast. But joining me for Bros Who Ball, basketball's back, ladies, ladies and gents. Basketball is back on the pod. I got my guy Justin Baptiste here as always to talk basketball. But before we get into that, Adam Schubert is joining me as always. We got to talk some NFL stuff. How you gentlemen doing today? I'm doing great, man. That's what's up. Glad to hear you doing so, good, Schubert. So so cool to have Joy on the show. Yeah, that was a that was a good moment. That was a good moment. It reminded me of like you know like when when Jason came on, Chris. You know, just a good moment for the network. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, this is someone that I literally watch on my TV every day. Yeah, and it's she had some great things to say and some interesting things to say, and I, I can't wait to see what the fans 
have to say about this one. So super dope. Justin will be coming in after we finish up this NFL stuff. Justin, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. That Basketball is back on the pod, bro. Yeah, it's always whenever we when it, whenever we're able to talk basketball, it's always a good feeling. You know, you guys always bring the best topics, the best conversation. So I'm excited to you know talk basketball again. Yeah, man, we got some interesting things, and I got I look, I got some apol. I'm going on an apology spree this episode, so be on the lookout for that. I know you're gonna get a kick out of that but before we jump to that Schubert let's talk some NF well no actually Schubert I want to get your take man being that you're the Bama guy is your season over uh what's up with Tua did his draft stop go down I want to I want to know how you're taking the injury of Tua well the season's been over the season's (laughs) been over about two weeks now and so so that didn't really end the season. If anything, it just kind of made it a little bit more interesting uh, because now the Auburn game gets a little bit more iffy. So, you know, that's – it's going to suck if Alabama loses to Auburn. That's going to be the worst. And it yeah. would totally, you know – it would take them out of the playoff, which I think would be a godsend for them because if they have to go be the fourth seed and go play Ohio State and get whooped, that's just going to be embarrassing. So, like, <laughs> they do not need to play in that game. So you really wanted to play in that sugar bowl against Oklahoma. Um, that would be, I don't I don't want that as much now. Now that two is gone. I mm-hmm. want Jalen to be in the sugar bowl, no matter what, because I want to see Jalen, but, uh, I, I could, I could have Georgia in there. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, now that two uh, is gone, you're kind of, you, you, the season's over for you. The season's over. Um, I think they still could get the playoff. I mean, that's the thing. Like the season technically isn't over. Like I think that Alabama is going to be in the playoff. I think that sucks for them because they're going to get whooped and it's going to be embarrassing. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. And, um, and you know, Mac Jones coming in, well, if you look at the Alabama teams of the past anyway, a lot of the times they've won the national championship have been with a quarterback that's just like Mac Jones. And now he has weapons that are far superior than some of those weapons of the past. And you could even say just as good as thinking of the Julio era. So but my argument to that point is real quick. The defense isn't as good as those era defenses. Sure, but I yeah, and so like what I'm what I mean by that is, he, he could definitely get it done offensively. And I'm not saying they're they're gonna be world world beaters. That's why I'm saying they're getting embarrassed in the playoff. But when it all really comes down to at this point is the Iron Bowl and Auburn, and I think that this team could get it done against Auburn. Okay, especially because okay. Auburn's offense is so poor with their freshman quarterback. Is that this week? No, it's uh, it's after Thanksgiving. Oh, but this week we have the Penn State Ohio State matchup. Yes, which will be fantastic. This is about the this is going to begin Ohio State's gauntlet. They got Penn State, Michigan, Big Ten championship against Wisconsin, you know, or, or Minnesota or Iowa, which is another tough game, and then playoff game one and playoff game two. So they got a lot of tough games ahead of them. Do you pick them to win this week? I do. The- thing about Ohio State is that Ohio, I'm not, I've never been afraid of Ohio State in the big game. I've always been afraid of Ohio State in a game that I didn't want to pay attention to. Those are the games that I worry about Ohio State. When it comes to the big game and the big moment, I believe that they're going to get it done. But there is a lot of youth in this. First-year head coach, uh, transfer, young, uh, damn near guess, freshman quarterback. Year, damn, yeah. damn near freshman quarterback. So and, and with Chase Young still being out, it that, could be, that's what kind of concerns me. Because like I know that defense is still a, a damn good defense, but sure he made that defense go. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's definitely going to be a factor. Um, but they showed in the Maryland game that they're kind of going to keep clicking, as they always do. So I, I don't really know if it's going to be too much of a driving force against them. It all depends on how Ryan Day can get it together. So, I mean, a first-year head coach, I mean, he's been there for a while, which has been the benefit, but that's the that's the thing you got to be concerned about. But that's, that's really all that's going on with college football, really, besides LSU and I mean, I think the play. I think the playoffs just about set. You got, uh, you know, LSU's number one right now. It should be Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, and then Alabama, uh, if not Alabama, Oregon, or whoever. Yeah, Alabama is under Georgia. Georgia's four. It's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia. Yeah, but Georgia's got to play LSU. So oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. But just wanted to get your in uh, your college football takes because you are our college football guy. Oh, yeah, be man. on. A game to watch this week on oh, top with, of... With two, with two is draft stock, though, by the way. I do think that it could drop it, which would be beneficial to him. This could Ooh. also open up and play. I could, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the, the... I think Joe Burrow's got number one in, on lock because it's going to be Cincinnati, and that's just the most... It's the, it's the most logical pick for them. If they don't do it, they're crazy. Um... And so that opens up the air for Tua. I think there's a possibility that the Chargers could trade up and get him. I think that um, the Patriots could come into play for this. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, some of the teams that are aging out quarterbacks that are better would be more beneficial, of course, because we're seeing what would happen with Lamar Jackson. Are you so, giving me hope that the, that the Saints might can pick up Tua? Is that, is that what you're doing? Uh, no, I don't really know if that would be a play that they would do. Ooh, okay. um, because I think that the Patriots are in a situation where like they could see the writings on the wall and maybe Brady retires anyway, so they may have to make a move. I, um, I, feel, I truly And the Chargers like... have to make a move. Yeah, they definitely do, especially after so the So if it's not Cam Newton, then they got to do something. And the Bears too, but the Bears might be high enough to be able to make the pick. Yeah, true, true, true. So that's that's interesting. As the draft time comes closer, we'll get more looks into that. Let's talk NFL. A lot of storylines to talk this week, man. The NFL was spicy this weekend. I'm glad I was on my couch watching some football games. Julian isn't here this week, uh, but I will be talking about his Cowboys for him. Got to give. I'm look. I said it's the Lynn apology tour, but I'm I'm being honest. It's it's honesty, honest commentary. Not that we don't always give that, and not that we we strive for that. But it's it's I gotta call my takes wrong when they were wrong, and I gotta call y'all's takes right when they were right. But let's start off with the debacle that was Thursday night football. Yo, the Browns can't win for fucking losing, bro. And excuse my language. I'm sorry, Justin. Sorry to the fans out there, but. My gosh, I'm going to try not to, but there's some rants that I just got to get on. This is one of those most absurd moments you've seen in sports that's just, like, irreprehensible. The kid, like, like, you just can't keep calm about it because it's just like, <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> what, like, what just happened? Like, like the, this, the, this goes back even farther to going back to you, my, one of my yeah. takes that the Browns are a complete and utter dumpster fire and no one should ever trust that anything that comes out of that organization, they should just leave. Yo. Blow it up. Yo, every week you get proven right. Even when they win, you get proven They're right. They're undisciplined. There's no, no one is in control there. Baker Mayfield has no control. Freddie Kitchens has no control. It's, you know. It's the long, The long inmates West. are running the asylum, man. Like, it's, it's just wild. It's not and like and and because we're saying all of this, let me let me preface this because 
Baker played great. <laughs> Odell yeah, played great. Odell did a good job. He I'm got thinking about picking him up. I'm thinking about picking him up in fantasy. Like, you know, Baker's playing pretty good. Don't even get me started in fantasy. Both leagues, I got screwed. I was one game out of the playoffs, and I beat the person who was in the playoffs ahead. Like, don't even get me started. I'm, I'm so upset. But yeah, no, Baker played good. Chubb did well. The offense looked fine for the first time. Defense was playing great, and then all of a sudden, except they're very undisciplined, and they, you know, took two of Pittsburgh's receivers out of the game for no reason on hits that were completely, uh, uh, you know, overly aggressive, and you know shouldn't have ever happened. And I get that some of those were young guys, but in the case of Randall, he didn't even feel like he did anything wrong. And he took he made an egregious lurch with your helmet head first at the player. And, you know, that guy couldn't even walk off the field. I can't believe that. Like, what the, the I'm just so upset with majority of the players on the Browns. It's just I'm, I can't I don't I don't want to watch any more of their football. Like, I just can't do it. Like, that team is just a, a mess. See, I totally forgot that happened. I was going straight to Miles Garrett, but you're right. That did happen. In terms of Miles, it's like I kind of like how Marcellus Wallace has been handling it. He's been one of the few handling it like this. But he shouldn't have he shouldn't have hit him in the head. But yo, Mason Rudolph grabbed his neck, was twisting his neck, and then went for his nuts. Like, I'm sorry. Like No, I mean I think Mason Rudolph is a complete asshole. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, curse again. I'm sorry to curse with that, but I mean, like, the thing is, is even after he did all of that, and then, you know, everyone wanted to play for him the victim, and then he tried to play the victim, and then he went into the press conference and called the dude out for being a punk, and no, you're a punk. Like, are you kidding me? Like, and even for him coming out on the press conference to do that, that makes him even look more like a punk. Like, oh, dude, like, that guy is ridiculous, too. Yeah, no, he is. That's what I'm saying. That the, the the Miles Garrett situation, both parties are wrong. Now, Miles definitely got to sit out a couple games. Should he be spent the whole year? I don't know at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's only six games left. Yeah, like, I mean, sit him down for two. Sit him down for three. No, let's just let him out. He's done. Let's sit him out for the year? Should yeah. Mason be suspended? Yeah, he should have been suspended. Yeah, okay, I'm okay. They okay. find him. Yeah, they did. I See, I didn't know if his ruling came out, but I know, he, I, I know they said he was getting fined. I just didn't know... If, they came down with the uh, suspension ruling, but yeah, I don't, it seems like he won't be, which isn't cool. But he he was wrong in that situation as well. But th- dang, was that that was so unexpected? And Twitter was ablaze Thursday night. Like shoot, when I saw that, I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, like the, the narrative was completely changed in a matter of seconds because it was about to be wow, the Browns, you know, impressive <laughs> win, like. The Steelers are looking like they could make the playoffs. Like, you know, what, what's Cleveland going to be able to do now? It's like, what the heck is this mess? And then, like, it, in the early hours of it, it was like, I, and I hated the seeing this, but it was like, yo, Mason Rudolph definitely said the N-word. And, like, I saw a bunch of credible people tweet that. Oh, oh, I don't even know. I don't even want to get in on that. <laughs> That's what I'm like. I was like, wow, we're really going there tonight. And then, like, that, those tweets quickly got deleted because Miles Garrett was like, he just lost his cool. And yo, Miles Garrett just got mad, bro. Look, Miles, pick your head up, yo. Don't let that get down to you. Be a better well, human being. Uh, don't let that. The, 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 I think that he, someone needs to give, give, get help for him. I'm being completely honest because this is the third incident that he's had, and he, and he already ended somebody's season. So like, yeah, someone needs, did call like, him a dirty someone, player earlier this year. Someone in the NFL needs to get him in a counseling session. That's that's all. That's all I've got to say for that. Like, mm-hmm. if he doesn't get suspended the entire season, then he has to be suspended with counseling sessions. Like, he has to. 
Okay, okay. I, I can I can I can rock with that take. I just don't want him suspended the whole season. That like because he he definitely didn't start that fight. He just finished it, but he finished it maybe the wrong way. But all right, let's uh let me let me let me talk about Julian's Cowboys real quick because I picked the Lions to win. And I was texting Julian this whole game, making fun of him for these Cowboys because for the, for the Cowboys defense to allow Jeff, Jeff Driscoll in the Detroit Lions, because I thought Matt Stafford it was play. Not only was it a backup quarterback, but they had Post signed Scarborough. Bo Scarborough right out of, like, free agency. He so, was chilling in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, he was just chilling in Alabama. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was texting Julian the whole time. I was like, yo, how are you? Your defense is allowing them to put up these points. Y'all don't look good at all, bro. And then, but got to give credit where credit is due. His man, Dak Prescott, looked pretty amazing. Like, Dak went 29 of 46, 444 yards, three touchdowns. Dak looked probably, this was one of his better games. And this was a game that made me see this is Dak Prescott's offense. Ezekiel Elliott had 16 carries for 45 yards and damn near lost me fantasy. Like, that dude just doesn't look the same at all, Schubert. Well, it's one of the things where any competent, good defensive coach like Matt Patricia is going to find a way to take away your best, your best threat. And that case was Zeke Elliott. So they, they found a good way to stop Zeke and, that, and make Dak make plays. And in this case, in this game, Dak made the plays. And I think that's important that at this point of the season that he's making those plays. And even though it may not have been the team that you want to have a come, comeback win from, it's always nice to have a comeback win under your belt. It, and so, it's nice when, it, when your starting quarterback makes that comeback win. Like, so I, I, my complaints you know, about the defense are still valid, but it just shows sure. how good Dak Prescott is becoming. Sure. I mean, like halfway through the game, I think I was feeling one way about the Cowboys and their direction, but at the end, you know, wins cure everything. And I feel like, you know, at the end, getting that win and seeing how Dak performed makes me feel a little bit more confident about their direction moving forward. It does. It, it, like Dak really puts a Band-Aid over that, over that win because that win was not pretty. It should leave Cowboys, scan, Cowboys fans scared for the playoffs and Cowboys fans scared that they paid Zeke all that money and he might not look the same. And Zeke, bro, I get why people are calling y'all because no explosion. You're not hitting the hole the same. He was going up against bloated boxes when he was rookie, second year, third year, when he was making smashing records. And the Cabo thing, I can't even use that as an excuse anymore. We're into week 11 now. So it's like, yo, Zeke, what you doing, my guy? Yeah. I mean, I I still want to give – credit over to the Lions like I do feel like the Lions are a team that's record doesn't reflect how good they are and they just had some rough breaks as they always do they do need to make some changes but I mean that's not what this conversation is about um I you know I kind of want to talk about their next game the Cowboys because that's how I kind of feel about one of our other topics we were going to talk about is I I kind of feel that the Cowboys are going to beat the Patriots this weekend Ooh, I feel right, pretty confident well. about that Let's, all right, um, well, let's let's talk about the Patriots then. For a team like the Cowboys that we talked about, they're struggling on defense. The perfect cure for that is to go up against a team that's struggling on offense. Patriots, you know, Tom Brady. They they won the game seventeen to ten against the Eagles team that really hasn't shown to be the most spectacular this season. And they really that Eagles team should have won that game. Their but defense that is pretty good though. That, yeah, the defense is solid. It's that offense and Carson Wentz. 
it's just not working. No, but we're not talking about the Eagles. We're talking about the Patriots. And the only passing touchdown in that well, – the only touchdown was thrown by Julian Edelman in that game. It's – I think I – I think it's too early to say that Tom Brady doesn't have it anymore. But I think it's safe to say that he's a 40-year-old. Huh, I said that last week. I said I, – you remember last week and you and Julian were both like, oh, let's wait, let's wait. Maybe it was just Julian. Maybe it wasn't you. I don't want to put that on you. But May, I yo, think it was me too. This offense I mean, does not look the same, and Tom is not looking good. I know he was twenty six of forty six for two hundred sixteen yards, no touchdowns. Twenty six of forty six isn't a good, good uh, number. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm with you. That's why I pointed that out. And Ju- Julian Edelman is the only dude who's getting targeted the most. Five targets for uh, fifty three yards, and Ben Watson. Well, and there was that. There was a, a sequence, a couple sequences I remember because I got to watch that whole game. And they were in the red zone, and he had multiple opportunities, and it was either he made an almost interception or he had a drop pass. So it's one or the other. I mean, he either has to make the most precise throw, and he has to have someone, anyone who's going to catch it. I mean, even Edelman was dro- dropping passes in the end zone. And, you know, I just at this point, I don't care about the record. I think that the Patriots are out of it. You know, mm. I, for me... I think there's when it comes to the AFC, there's three teams that I think are still in it, um, and I'm taking the Patriots out of it. I think it's Chiefs, Texans, and Ravens, which is really interesting because of the disparity between two of those teams that we saw this past weekend. But um, I just can't see with what the Patriots are going to put on the field um, if they're going to be able to be a Super Bowl team. The only thing that they have that's over everyone else is the experience. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that defense is still pretty good. When they get Isaiah Wynn back, that'll improve the running game, and Belichick could make it a slow game, but how many games can you win without your quarterback winning you the game? And I'm not saying saying Brady's not good for that anymore, but it just seems the way his receiver, him, him finally not having the amount of talent that he needs, not having a tight end that's viable for that system. People keep saying Gronk's coming back, but Gronk's at Lakers games dancing like a Lakers girl. I don't think Gronk's coming back. And I know that that's the national perspective that they want him to come back, but I just don't see that happening. And with that, and when he comes back, like where's Brady going to be at this point? Like the, the, the Patriots are done. The they had their, they, you know, they got another Super Bowl. That's great. It's awesome. It's fantastic, but at this point, the writing's on the wall. They have to make a, they have to make the moves to get Tua. They, they got to. They got to do that, or they got to get someone that's viable in this draft, or sign someone because they can't do they can't do this any longer. They have yeah, to make they, some they, kind of change. They can't do this next year. One hundred, I one hundred percent agree with you. Let's. Well, I mean, talk- they I mean, it's really hard to say that because they are nine and one or whatever, or not nine and one, seven and one, eight and one, whatever it is. So no, it's they're, hard to, they, to they say, are oh, well, if it's nine and one, fix it. But like, that's they played I just a lot don't of see it being viable teams. moving forward. Like, we'll see how they end the season out, but I can see their season being nine and seven. And they didn't play a lot of good teams, and it wasn't Brady who won those games, it was Belichick's defense. Like, let's be honest. So, uh, but let's jump to one of the teams, well, two of the teams that you said you believe still viable. And honestly, my favorite, the team that I have favorited in the AFC, the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson, man, what can I say about this kid? Like, 17 for 24, 222 yards, four touchdowns. Gus Edwards ran the ball great. Lamar had 79 yards running the ball, and one of those runs looked like a freaking— 
it, it was a it was a mag, bro. It, it looked like a video game, like the old Michael Vick stuff. Lamar Jackson is must see TV. Sure, yeah, I think that he's definitely the most interesting watch this season for any for any game, any week. Um, but what makes this team so interesting to me is their chemistry, uh, their coaching, their pieces that have come together that we didn't expect. You know, like um, Marlon Humphrey has been way better of a cornerback than I would have ever expected him to be. Yeah, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown, if he's healthy, is a, a star. Yeah, Tyreek Hill esque. Mark Andrews is being is playing phenomenally, and Mark Ingram's being a leader on that offense. Yeah, I mean the press conference with him being Lamar Jackson's hype man just gives you lots of good feelings. Like that's the kind of feeling that you need in a team. That's why I feel like LSU is having such a resurgence. Is when you have all the things that are going your way and that the the vibe in the locker room is there, then things happen for you. Yeah, like some, it's, it's that certain. It's that. It's, it's a that, feeling. Yeah, it's like when the when the balls when the snowball's rolling, it's hard. And once it gets rolling enough, it's hard to stop that thing because momentum's carrying you. And like you have all the good energy from everybody in that locker room. Everyone in that locker room not only believes in your quarterback, your quarterback's producing, so that makes you feel good. So all the things you've seen in practice so far isn't isn't a lie. So that means you want to play for that guy even harder. The defense wants to play even harder because now you believe that the goal is real. So it's it's week to week. They're just they're picking up steam week to week and. I know they had some weeks early in the season where we were like against that Bengals win, like they should have blown them out. The Mason Rudolph win, they should have blown that out. But they've still been some of those losses they've had. It's like, why do you have those losses? And it's like, nah, they're finally hitting their stride at the right time. Well, and to go back to some of those big wins that they've had, like especially this Texans game, they shut Deshaun Watson down to what seven points. Yeah. You know, oh, Deshaun looked the, bad. Eighteen of twenty-nine, one hundred sixty-nine, and one interception. You know, they've had their issues on defense in some games, but in some games they've really shined. So that, that's why I think that the Ravens are probably your, your top team right there. I'd like the Texans based on their off, what their offense is and the dynamicness of Deshaun Watson, but they're probably the third on that, spec, on that list because of the defense and all the injuries that they suffered. If they had J.J. Watt, it would be a different story. Yeah, and the, the Chiefs are second, and I have my questions that I want to ask to you now. Is is Patrick Mahomes okay? Like, like, was well, was last year so good? And not saying that this year he hasn't been good, but nineteen of thirty two, one hundred eighty two yards, one touchdown, and one interception is not Patrick Mahomes esque. Well, I will argue he's playing hurt. True, that is true. Yeah, the Just injury that back- he the injury that he suffered was an injury that he could have either taken the season off and done rehab for it, or play hurt. So he's playing hurt. Because he understands the severity of where his team is and that they have a shot. The, the issue with the Chiefs right now is that they have to understand the, their surroundings in their division. They're in a situation right now where I think they'll make the playoffs, but will they make the playoffs and get home field advantage? Because the Raiders are playing really hot right now and they have the same record. So, uh, Chiefs and Raiders, as we go forward, who's going to eke out? The wins. Um, I, Raiders have a very favorable schedule going forward. I think that the Raiders could get to eleven and uh, what they have six and four right now. I think they could get to eleven and five, maybe even twelve and four if they went out. Ooh, that's something that we're gonna have to watch closely. If the Chiefs become a wild team, can Patrick Mahomes bring them through the gauntlet of the playoffs? 
and, and do what they're supposed to do. That's something that we're going to have to play close attention to. And, and if the Raiders get the home home field advantage, are the Raiders now an option to, to compete in the in the playoffs? Yeah, that is true. I, I, I do. I, before I comment on the Raiders, I want to watch them one more week, but I definitely do think the Raiders have their issues. And But we'll talk about that more. We so. haven't got them on a lot of our local games. I want to see a full game of them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Before we talk about that, I want to I want to watch a full game of the Raiders for sure. Let's jump to let's talk Saints in the sense of the Saints smash, but I want to talk more about next week. Uh Kyle Allen is coming to, we're, Kyle Allen's coming to town. The Patriot the Panthers got smoked by the Falcons. This Falcons team looks rejuvenated. This team looks completely different and Kyle Allen didn't look good. Does this say that he's not who we thought he was, or was that just a bad week? I don't know what you guys thought he was. I thought that this was about where we were at, <laughs> right? I didn't. I thought it was a little better than this. Oh, well, I mean, what? He lost two games to uh, the Packers' defense in the snow, and then to Atlanta, who decided to wake up in the middle of the season. So, I mean, I don't necessarily think that Kyle Allen is trash, but I don't think he's good. So, I, so I'm not surprised that he lost two games. I'm he's going to lose three. Like, yeah, he's, he's going to lose the Saints. He's he's playing a defense that's just way better than, uh, than how he's playing right now. And you got to give but, the Saints defense credit because they showed this week without Marshawn Lattimore that, yo, we can still do some things, even though they're playing throw the ball to the other team, Jameis Winston. But, you know, I still think the Saints defense played pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, and then being home in the Dome will probably help. Uh, This is one of the last games at home for the Saints and a pretty crucial one before they uh, host the San Francisco 49ers. So, Yeah, this is one that they they They'll play the Falcons in between, but, you know, they're about a game – away from the 49ers and I think that I hope they're not thinking ahead head to that. No, they had, they they definitely have to think about this week and win this one for sure. Yeah, they got two games against the Panthers left, so this is the yeah, first that, two. We got to get one of these. So let's uh let's jump to the games that people should be looking out for this week. Schubert, give us a game and then I'll give a game and then we'll, I guess since Julian's not here we'll each give like an extra one, but yeah, we'll just we'll just see how it goes. Give us a game. Oh, well, I think that the most important game to watch is the one that I was talking about earlier would be Dallas and New England, just uh, because the the two biggest brands, and we're finally going to get to see where the Patriots are at against a a playoff contender team. Same with the Cowboys. Both two teams that have gotten a lot of wins against teams with not a lot of wins. So we're going to get to see how they compete against contenders. I got the 49ers against the Packers. Uh, kind of a similar situation where it's like, are the 49ers for real? Well, this, playing... is, this could be an NFC Championship game. Exactly. This could be a preview. And can the are the Packers' defense going to do well against this Kyle Shanahan-led <laughs> offense with Jimmy G kind of doing his thing? And are, is that defense the real deal? Can Aaron Rodgers and that offense against a pretty solid defense – Show up to, and play back, play football. So we're gonna see. That's the game I have. Uh, Schubert, who are yeah. you? Who are you picking in the? You pick the uh, Cowboys to win in your game. Mm-hmm. I'll pick. I'll pick the Patriots. And uh, in this game, I got the Packers beating the 49ers. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go with Green Bay as well. 
Okay, okay. And then uh, you got another game for the people to watch. Yes. Um, you should be watching it right now if you're listening to the podcast or tonight. Indianapolis against Houston. This game is probably for the division championship. Both teams are at 6-4. and four. I think this is their final matchup against each other. Uh, yes, it is. So... This could this could you know determine a lot of things. Both uh, teams are well. You got Houston who's coming off a loss. You got the Colts who are coming off a win. You having Jacoby Brissett back, but they did lose their running back Marlon Mack. So both teams have are kind of limping into this game, and they need to keep their eye out too because the Titans are right on their heels at five and five. So the AFC South is kind of one of those divisions that you really got to keep an eye out for because there's three teams circulating in there and one of them could come out of it and you know the texans who i'm talking so highly about could find their way out of the playoffs pretty easily Mm, who you got winning that game uh i got actually i have indy Ooh, Uh, i'm gonna go with the texans because i believe they should win it but i wouldn't be surprised if the colts do win it uh, my next game that I'm going to give in the final game that we're going to give is great as that as much as I'm a Saints homer and want to tell you guys people to watch Panthers Saints. Uh, I'm going to actually tell you to watch Lamar Jackson play the Rams on Monday Night Football. I know the Rams are kind of this team that's six and four and people don't really know if they can make a playoff push, but they're still in it. Like they're like I said, they're six and four. They're behind the Seahawks in the 49ers. They should have lost division. last week. They should have lost last week, but if the Rams can maybe win out, see a couple people lose, they can maybe get a wild card slot. And then having them play Lamar Jackson, just primetime game, a person that is must-see football. I have the Ravens beating the Rams on Monday night. What's the line here? Plus three. Ugh. I get – I take the Ravens um, by two touchdowns. All right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Well, that's all the NFL talk we got this week. Let's jump to the NBA, bring Justin in. So we got four topics. Let's start off with arguably, and I and I hate to say this, but arguably the best team in the NBA. And, I, and look, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to apologize to the king, Mr. LeBron James, because I, I was coming at him hard in the offseason. Didn't think my guy was going to do his thing. I've Thought been he trying was- to tell you. Yo, Justin, chill, bro. I'm, I'm in the <laughs> middle of my apology. Like, sorry, man. Sorry. I, I thought I thought he might have hit the cliff, and I thought he was maybe falling off, you know. But LeBron arguably has one of the most talented teams he's had. Anthony Davis is doing Anthony Davis type stuff, and the Lakers are winning. Like last night, they played the uh, the Thunder, and Anthony Davis had 34 points. He looked pretty amazing. The report Seven between rebounds. him and Rondo, and. LeBron United. had 20, LeBron had 25, 10, and 11. And, and low-key, as great as LeBron and Anthony Davis been, Dwight Howard's been just as good. Man, this Lakers team looks good. Danny Green looked like, oh, my gosh. I hate I hate that they're winning and looking this good. But I got to call a spade a spade. Justin, what you been thinking about the Lakers, man? I know you've been watching them. I've been trying to tell y'all, man. I know, okay, look, I know it's still early in the season. A lot can change. But they have, you know, I think, like, everything to win an NBA championship, but let's just talk about right now. I mean, everyone is playing how they're supposed to be playing. LeBron James is playing his game. Anthony Davis is playing his game. Dan Green is making shots. 
Even Dwight Howard is playing pretty good. Uh, Dwight Howard just looked like he stepped in a time machine, man. And you got to give another thing that I got to give LeBron credit for is you said Anthony Davis is doing his thing, but LeBron is, I know people are going to say LeBron is still the focal point, but LeBron has been trying to get Anthony the ball, his touches. LeBron has been more of a facilitator, and that's why he's looked great because he's he's always done that his career, but he's doing that more so now this year with an even better roster, and it just works. And, and Anthony is looking so, like playing some of his best basketball. Right, and then that's all he really needs is like, and, and is another guy to help him out. And he understands, you know, he has to get he has to get Anthony Davis involved because we all know that LeBron James can play play basketball. Like when it's time to play, he he steps up. He's a very intelligent player, so he know early he knows early in the season he has to get everyone involved. You know, build that build that team chemistry, and it's it's clicking earlier than probably with most probably most probably earlier than most expected is looking good. And I think if everyone can stay healthy, this is how it's going to look throughout the entire season. But the key thing is always health though. You never know. Injuries always could, could, can mess up a great thing. So if they can stay healthy, this Lakers team is looking pretty good. Yeah. That's the thing. Season it's run, about a big postseason it's a, run. It's about, it's about uh pretty much health. It's like who, if, if can AD stay healthy and maintain how he's looking and and if he does, can the rest of the team maintain the health? LeBron's getting older. Can he maintain his health? Because he we saw him get injured last year. I'm not saying that I expect LeBron to get injured this year. I'm just saying, can he maintain that that level of of dominance? Because they look really really good. Like they look pretty damn amazing. So got to give the Lakers their credit. I want to bring it next to James Harden in the Rockets. Is James Harden kind of the most slept on basketball player right now? And let me let me sit back this up with some stats. James Harden has his scoring points per game has gone up every year except 2013 and 2014. But from 2014 onward, his points per game has gone up. This year, I believe James is let me give you his stats for this year. He's looking at he's he's a- averaging 39 points, five blocks, seven assists, and about about uh how many rebounds is it? About five rebounds a game. James is looking pretty five good. blocks. Five blocks. That's oh no 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 not five blocks. I lied to you. I lied to you. One block. I lied to you. Okay okay. okay. I was reading. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, yeah, not, <laughs> not, not five blocks. I'm sorry. I really okay okay. But have we been giving James Harden too much slack? I mean, the Rockets are eleven and four right now. It looks like who has? I'm, I, I gave him a lot of slack because he hasn't been performing in the playoffs, and I know it's the regular season, and my questions of playoffs won't get answered. Well, but I'm just I mean, saying, like, are we I, underappreciating James Harden? I feel like even at the height of LeBron and Durant, we had like James Harden right there with them, if not onto Jacumpia. But I mean, he's a top five player for sure, and a lot of people argue in the top three. Um, and I think that having Westbrook on the team shows how much better he is than Westbrook. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, of course, Westbrook is not that type of player, but I, I well, I, I mean, that was Westbrook. always an argument. I feel like there was a lot of people out there who would say that Westbrook was better than Harden, and I feel like now we're starting to see who really dominates the team. I never said that. I just want to say, I just want to go on record and say I never said that. <laughs> what that Westbrook's I, better than Harden? I understand you. I, I understand, but I just want to say I never said that. Oh, I didn't say you said that. I no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying I'm going on record. You said I'm just saying I never said that. But there's people in the world that probably do think that did, probably did think that. But I just want to say I never for said sure. that. 
The Rockets yeah. are looking like one of those teams that if James Harden can finally show what he's supposed to show in the playoffs, because we're in the regular season still. We're it, teams. Uh, we're what? Like, dude, James Harden might be one of the best regular in. season basketball players I've ever seen. And that's my thing. Like, he can get it done in the regular season. He can drop point after point after point, and it's like he is one of the best scorers I've ever seen. Arguably the best scorer since freaking Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan at the two guard position. But like, like the thing about like his playoff deal is that he hasn't underperformed in the playoffs. He still performed. His, he underperformed. He he. He underperforms at the wrong times. Okay. Like, he, he, he'll he start off hot in the first two quarters, but by the fourth quarter, he starts to make mistakes where he'll have a lot of turnovers or he's not hitting the shots at the right time. For example, against that Golden State game uh, last year, he had crucial turnovers at the end. He may, he might have was hitting shots, but he just turned the ball over too much. And it, it just it's been happening like that for him year after year, and it's like, Bro, for you to be remembered as what your talent suggests you are, you got to show up in the playoffs. I think this yeah. year is going to be different because I really feel like him having Westbrook, you know, these two players are both in their prime. They understand that the time is now. So, I, and like James Harden's having one. I mean, it looks like he's getting better and better each game. Like, if you That's watch what I'm him, saying. Like, like, if you watch him play... I know it's one. I know people hate the one-on-one basketball. I think that's why a lot of people hate on him because of his style of play. But he literally cannot be stopped going one-on-one. Like everyone yeah. just clears out and he just does his thing and it works. And now that he has Ru- Russell Westbrook, who is another guy who can go, I think he's gonna give him something in, in the playoffs. And those two are feeding off each other. With you know, if guys are hitting shots and Capella, you know, he's doing his thing. He's blocking shots. Uh, you got Daniel House sniping. You right, got... so if they're clicking, I think that, you know, this team could be a threat to any team in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. I, right now, the way I look at it, the West is kind of like, and I know it's very early, but to it me. It feels way different than I thought it would be. Yes, it does. <laughs> it, it, it really does. It does. But to, to me right now, I, it's a four-team race. And I'm sorry to the Nuggets. I just don't feel like you're in that race. I feel like Jokic is just having a good regular season, and I don't know if that's going to carry over because you need another person. With that being said, right now, to me, it feels like it's the Lakers, the Rockets, the Clippers, and the Dallas Mavericks. We'll get to why I think the Dallas Mavericks in a little bit. But just to continue that point, the Rockets look so damn good. And now the ability to have Westbrook, where Chris Paul might not have given it to you these couple years, past couple years, because he's been hurt or whatever. But Westbrook can dominate a game for two quarters where James Harden can relax and pick his spots here and there. But see, come fourth quarter, James Harden can shine. He didn't have that fully with Chris. Chris was a little older, not and not to take anything away from Chris because he's an all-star, uh, Hall of Fame player. But Westbrook's young. It's like Justin said, they're in the prime of the career. They have a chemistry. And this might be James Harden's ascension into the argument of best basketball player in the league. If he if his season goes the way that I just I just laid out. But if not, he's gonna be stuck in this mediocrity of well, he's good. He's top he's top five, but he's not top three. Well, you know, I, just, I think yeah, yeah, go ahead, Justin. Go ahead. Okay, like I think like I think even if they come up short, I feel like it won't be, you know, he's not he's he's not there yet. Or he's not that guy because you know you have the, the Lakers, you have the Clippers. So those are good teams. But I feel like 
if they make it there and they just look terrible, they turn like no one shows up, then I I think that's where you know we start talking about well, is James Harden really that guy? But I feel like if they show up, but if they some some uh somehow don't win, I don't I don't think that we'll be you know talking about he's not that guy. See, I don't I just Lakers are pretty good because uh, the Lakers are pretty good, but the, the the Rockets have just as good of a team. Like they like look, they have Capella. They have uh the guy I hate, Eric Gordon. They got Daniel House. They got Austin Rivers. They, they, they have a so couple. It's, it's, have, my, my, big, my big concern with uh, Houston, and I really like Houston. I feel like they're way more of a contender than I thought they PJ were at the Tucker? beginning. But like, I, I, how do they match up against AD and LeBron? How do they match up against uh, – uh, Porzingis, like who? Oh, well, I guess they can take care of that pretty easily. Yeah, but like, how, but honestly, how how do they match up against LeBron and AD? Is my question. Like, that's where it's come with the Lakers. Like, the Lakers have performed so well, and we've seen AD be the AD that he has always been at the Pelicans. Now with LeBron at his side, I mean, it's obviously. And then I, I like I said earlier. The rapport between him and Rondo goes back to that Pelicans, and I've uh, the time they were at the Pelicans, and I've seen them already coming together with a lot of good plays. Like, I mean, that team looks a lot better than I think any of us wanted them to look, uh, no, except I, for maybe I, Justin. But but uh, to me, the Rockets have everything to win. Capella can guard AD. Of course, LeBron's going to do LeBron. You'll put P.J. Tucker on him. You'll slide different people on him, put bodies on him, but he's going to do his thing. Same thing with A.D. Capella can slow him down for a little bit, but not long. A.D.'s still going to score. But do they have the, the, the horses? It's, it's, it's what stars do you pick to win? Like, can James Harden and Russell Westbrook get it done? And I, I, I just feel that that team, the others of Houston, are better than the others of the Lakers, even though the Lakers' others have been playing great so far. I think when we come to playoffs— Eric Gordon hitting down threes, PJ Tucker hitting clutch threes, uh, Capella doing his thing on the boards, having Austin Rivers, Tabo Cephalosha, Tyson Chandler. I just think those types of veterans are going to be there. Whereas we don't know how Kuzma is going to react in a playoff game, we don't know how Alex Caruso is going to react in a playoff game. Can AD's health maintain? There's a lot of like. Danny Green's going to be there. LeBron's going to be there. Rondo's going to be there. Dwight Howard should be there. But there's just a lot of more question there, marks around the Lakers team than the Rockets. I think the interesting thing about this this slate of uh, NBA teams, too, is I think there's a lot of teams that are like, okay, this is the year now. This this year, right yeah. now. Like, Lakers, I feel like this is the year right now. The Rockets, I feel like this is the year right now. And same with the Clippers. Like Mavericks, I feel like they could be like, hey, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But like those three teams, I feel like it's like, oh yeah, we got to win right now. And yeah, and that's and and I still love the Clippers, man. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, yeah, I know I'm talking all this hot shit for the Rockets and the Lakers right now, but wait till those bad boys, Paul George and Kawhi, get going. Like, that's a whole nother monster. In like, that's a whole that's another thing, Justin. If they came, if the Rockets had to play the Clippers, it's like, yo, like <laughs> as great as Harden and Westbrook are, like that, that's kind of a, that's kind of a shitty roll of the dice. <laughs> That is true. I have one, one more thing uh, you also to say about, like, the playoffs and stuff. We know, like, the game always slows down. And it always comes down to, I think, like, that half-court offense. And you mentioned, like, the Rockets. Like, they have a lot of three-point shooting. 
But when that when those three point shots aren't falling, I feel like the Lakers like they have a more versatile team. You know, they could go inside, slow the game out by going inside out, and they have size. And I feel like they could also out rebound other teams. So I feel like that inside that inside presence is also a plus that the Lake that the Rockets and the Clippers don't have. They could go because they have Anthony Davis. They could yeah. do the post up game. It's not so much per- perimeter dominant. Which they, they can, can post up perimeter. LeBron. Right, post up LeBron. They could slow the game down. Where the Rockets, I mean, they'll they'll get to the basket, but their game is more perimeter based. And if those shots aren't falling, you know, it could be it could be bad for them. And that's so, the same I thing could be said the, for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. The, the Clippers can go inside out, and the Clippers have a deadly team because if Paul George or Kawhi is not hitting, they still have that monster coming off the bench in Lou Will. So it's like the Clippers are no joke either. But I definitely agree with you in that sense of the Rockets live and die by the three, and that may that we've seen that hasn't won the entire time. So uh, let's talk about my guy Luca because. I, I, I'm willing to put Luca in the top 10 basketball players right now in the league. Oh, yeah. Wow. He's actually in my top five. Ooh! <laughs> wow. top five, in my opinion. You know, with KD out of the league, you know, that's not too oh, yeah, far. Yeah, I, yeah, I would yeah, probably yeah. put him at, like, six or seven, really. With KD and Steph both out. With oh, KD yeah, I mean, Steph big facts, out. yeah. He's definitely like, he's top five. Okay, so you got... Okay, LeBron. We, got, we got LeBron, Kawhi, Antetokounmpo, no doubt. Okay. James Harden. No yeah. doubt. Who's next? I got Luca. Oh, I mean, a- a- you could. I mean, you could put AD next. Like, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, discredit yeah. my guy AD. Yeah, you you can, but Luca's having a better. Like right now, he's having a better season. Oh wait, just wait, wait. I'm not gonna do that to AD because because yeah. I, I don't. I'm I like right now. <laughs> look, look. Let me just say this. So we got. Let's count this up. We got Giannis. We got Kawhi. We got LeBron. And this is no particular order. Not saying because LeBron could be number one right now. James Harden, AD. Now, the other players of note, Nikola, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, Westbrook, Paul George, Dame Lillard. I want to put Doncic above those guys. Mm. I do. At this point right now, from how he's playing. I mean, I don't see it letting up. And I, yeah, no, me neither. That's what I'm saying. Like, Luka Doncic is, is playing amazing right now. His stats for this year, he has he's 29.5 points per game. Total rebounds, he's averaging 10, 9 assists. He's the, he just tied LeBron's record with, like, youngest player with the most triple doubles. Like, this dude does so yeah, much. He makes it look so easy. Easy, yeah, no, he's like, like, yo, he's sick with it. Like, so easy. I'm so glad you, I'm, I'm so glad you're, you're liking him because I, I, like, look, your boy Trey is good, but give my guy Luca his props, man. Yeah, Luca's different, man. Like he, he's different. That's he's a different, different monster. But my, my, my problems come with that Mavericks team when they get to the playoffs. Luca dominates the ball like early LeBron did, like. Like a like like a James Harden did with the Rockets in the beginning. Like he dominates the ball so much, and I don't know if they have another guy that could take the pressure off of him. Because when the play when it comes down to the playoffs, is if he doesn't get it done, who's gonna get it done? And I know Porzingis yeah, is there. Porzingis is not a, a ball. Yeah. Porzingis is not a, a ball handler. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't handle the ball. Like he's a he's a catch and shoot or post up. up. Yeah, exactly. Like Porzingis will give you your inside presence, but. If Luca can't break it down every time, who's gonna break it down for him? I don't know. Tim Hardaway Jr. is supposed to be that guy. It's either him or Brunson, and it's like 
I don't know if I have faith in that. Like, I don't know. Dorian Finney-Smith, like, I, I, I don't know. I think they need another guard. I, I, they can't trade Porzingis, and I, I don't know if Miami would trade Goran Dragic for anybody but Porzingis, but if you could get away with trading somebody for Goran Dragic, that would be a great move for this Mavericks team. I think they're one player away from really making serious noise in, in, the, in the conference. Well, and I also think, like like I said a little while ago, I think they're the one team of this four that could win right now that doesn't feel like they have to win right now. Like, I True. feel like they're okay with having a solid playoff run. Oh, for sure. It, Where, like, I feel like if the Lakers don't win the championship this year, their whole world's going to crumble. Oh, like, no, 100%. Clip, Clippers, too. Same thing for, like, uh, Rockets. I would say Lakers are one, Rockets are two, Clippers are three in that sense. Like, the world ends if, if LeBron and AD don't win a championship year this year. The world ends in Houston if James Harden and Russell Westbrook don't get it done. Like, I, like no, I, I agree with that 100%. The Dallas has some room to grow, and that's no disrespect to Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets because they're a great team, but I just think it's and not They also him. have room to grow. They also, exactly. I feel like they're still waiting for that second, like, is Jamal Murray truly his, his Robin to, to Nikola Jokic's Batman, or is it Michael Porter Jr.? Like, that's something that, that they're waiting to see. Who hasn't been playing every night. Exactly. So it's like, who's their second star that's going to rise from that team? The Mavericks have two stars. I just think they're missing one more facilitator. But Luka, at this point, is definitely top 10 NBA. I would say he's top six behind LeBron, Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, James Harden, and Kawhi. He's number six. I got him at six right now. Yeah, I have him at number five. Ooh, you got him above AD, which is crazy. Davis. That's nuts to me. <laughs> like, and yeah, I, and, right I, and, I, and I'm the Anthony Davis hater, but Anthony Davis has been eating, yo. I gotta yo, give AD his Luke props. Been eating. I know, but like, you could argue that AD's been he eating the Lakers. in the first quarter tonight. Yo, yeah, Luca, Luca's a bad boy. That's my <laughs> guy. You know, you know, I ride for Luca in our, in our argument, like, of but like, I'm the, not the train. You know, I'm not I even going to argue. I'm not even going to argue the Anthony Davis and Luca because, like, it could be interchangeable. Like, Luca could be number six because Anthony Davis has been doing good. It's just I have him at number five. So Luca had 35, 11, and 10 tonight. Ooh, yeah. just eating on him. And that I just don't want him to be a regular season player. That's why when they make the playoffs, I already know he needs another ball handler to help him or I believe it's going to get rough. I believe in him. Oh, I believe in him too. I just, I just, I think he. Man, I want to see him play some playoff basketball. That's Me all I got to say. I do, too. Like, like, they, like, that's like, man, that dude is great. All right, final basketball topic. I want to just get how y'all's take on load management and Kawhi. I'm not upset with it because Kawhi has shown he's injured. I know Julian feels a whole nother way. Julian hates it. He feels that guy should play every night. And, I mean, look, James Harden plays every night. LeBron plays every night. Uh, there's a bunch of stars who are playing every night. Is are we upset at Kawhi? Are we upset at this whole load management thing? Because I saw John Morant load management one day, and I was like, "Why is that young boy sitting like John what Morant, are they?" Low. Oh my god, he's out of the league. <laughs> they need him as much as possible. Yeah, like he should be playing. So, how do y'all feel about load management in the league? And and you could kind of relate it to Kawhi too as well. You want to go uh, first? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, like, um. I mean, I don't really have that much of an issue with players playing when they play. I mean, it's it's their body. If they don't feel like they, they can play on every night, then 
they can sit. I mean, it's not, it's not the That's end my of the world. Thing, like, these, these national syndicated television shows have to say that because they have the games playing on their networks. The, what, the thing I would say is that I think you could situate load management, like the term management would suggest that you could manage that to where maybe you're not sitting on a TNT game night. Or, or ESPN game night, because that's... Been yeah. Yeah. You know, so, like, you could sit, you know, when you're playing a local game against, you know, the Hornets. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, like, sitting uh, for a game if you're the Brockets against the Mavericks. Yeah, no, I feel you. Or if, like, like tonight, Kawhi and Paul George played. Sure, in a, you know, primetime game. Exactly. So, I mean, look, I... Kawhi Leonard has shown, and if I'm a Clippers fan, I am not upset about this. The media has been trying to make make it seem like Clippers fans should be upset about this. No. You guys know what you have. You have a star that come April, May, and June, he's going to play, and he's going to perform. Like he did this with Toronto last year. I understand you're in L.A. There's this whole idea that you're competing with the Lakers, but... Compete with the Lakers come June in in uh, May. Let's not compete with the Lakers during the regular season. Yeah, it might look bad, but I'm sure it's going to look a lot better you raising the championship banner. Because in my opinion, as great as LeBron and AD has shown, you guys, to me, when you're at your best, are still the favorites. I understand, but I want to see him play. I mean, like... If, I if feel that. Like, I feel that. Hurt, if, if, if he's hurt, I understand. Sit out. Don't force it. But I mean, you're in the NBA, man. Like we want to see see you play as a. Fa- I'm speaking from a fan. A fan no, I get that. Like 100. But I turn on the TV. I want to see Kawhi playing. These people pay their money. And I know it sounds cliche. People say this a lot. But I mean, his job is to play basketball. But his job also is to it's win. To win champ championships. It also yeah. is to win. But you guys know, like everyone is so important. So if he's not playing, they may drop that. They may drop that game. You know, see, especially in the West, seating is so important. So him missing those 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 couple of games, those could those those games that he missed could be wins, and that could set them up for the playoffs. So they won't have to go go up against the the Rockets or I don't know some good team in the first round. So everyone no, you, is- you make a you make a hell of a good point, and and that's something true because like to the business side of it, that's why I don't think Clippers fans should be mad. But you make a good point. These people pay their money, and they expect to see the team that they were promised to see, and it's like. If that those people aren't playing, I don't want to see them. And like, for example, this isn't the same thing, but it's 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 I can I can agree to not wanting to see a team without your star. For example, Zion's not playing. It I don't I'm not as interested in the Pels per se as I was when the offseason was here because we don't see our guy playing. And that's no disrespect. That's like nothing Zion. That's not Zion's fault. He can't help that. That's just me as a fan. I still watch the Pelicans because I'm a fan, but it just, I'm not as inclined to go to games now. Whereas I told my girlfriend, yo, buy tickets for when Zion's back. Like, if you want to give me a Christmas present, give me tickets for when Zion's back. And that's no disrespect to the Pellies. That's just, I want to see that guy play. So I get what you're saying from a fan perspective. But from, if you want to see your team win a championship, you just got to rock with Kawhi doing because he's shown he can make it work. That's true. I mean, it's always two. I feel like it's different two sides. sides. So, yeah, I mean, no, one hundred. The, so. the opportunity that I feel like teams could take in a load management situation is it. Give, it also gives opportunities for young players, yeah. players who don't get a lot of opportunity to play, especially to maybe play on at home. 
maybe like maybe they you get an opportunity for like some G League guy that is you want to see if he can actually make the cut, have him have play a home game. It probably means the world to him, you know. And you know you could have your star sit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things. That that's I... just like silver linings. I'm not saying like that's like a pro a pro for load management i'm just saying like as you're load manage as you're doing load management here's a positive that you can have yeah build out your other team no i feel that and and i feel that suggestion i feel what justin's saying because I, I i agree with your, justin in my fan card like fan side of it and it's just from the if if it's about championships it's like i i, f- I feel that side that argument too because Kawhi shown he like if he didn't show us toronto last year then i'm 100 like bro what are you doing you got to play but he's shown that like he could do it. He did it with the Spurs. He did it with Toronto, and he's and he's, he's doing it with the Clippers. Like you, Clippers fans, what's more important? Do you want to see that guy every night, or do you want to win a championship? Like, like I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's sweeter if they beat the Lakers in June or or May than if they beat the Lakers in December. Yeah, I want to see them. I want to see the Clippers. I'm not gonna lie. Like I like the I like I know the Lakers look very good right now, but I wouldn't mind seeing the Clippers in the finals. That's what I'm saying. That yeah. would be something great different, fun. you know. Clippers, the, the Clippers don't win. You know, yeah, the, the Clippers Boston game right now looks like it could be a finals game. And, right. and we didn't talk about Boston this week. We'll talk about Boston next week. But Boston looks good too, man. Philly They're might not have to watch out. They're not out the of it. The East is no. interesting. The East is very, very interesting. We'll 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 get more into East conference. This was a West dominated podcast this week, but we'll jump into the East next week. I just felt that it was necessary for us to talk Luca. The Knicks, baby. The, the, shut up. Shut up. Luca, the Lakers, Harden, and Kawhi this week because those are the major topics in the uh, NBA. But Schubert, you tell the people they can find you at on social media. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at a Schubert fourteen. And you could catch my radio show, The Bench, on the TuneIn Radio app at WGSO 990. And uh, that's on Sundays at 7 to 8. You can call in. So call in and we can have a chat. And uh, always listen to Bros Who Binge. It's on Mondays right now as we're reviewing Titans and Watchmen. And we're also talking Mandalorian right now. So it's a really exciting time for TV. And there's some exciting movies coming as well, like Ford and Ferrari, which we're apparently going to watch. Yes, we are, babes. We are watching it. We are watching it. Like, oh, I got to go see that tomorrow. Good thing you said that, because if I forgot, then I would have looked bad on next week's episode. <laughs> busy Justin, guys, man. Busy guys. Justin, tell the people they can find you on social media. You guys can find me, Justin, on at, you know, on Snapchat, sorry, messed up. Justin Baptiste 22. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, you know, all of that. And I also want to give a huge shout out to Carmelo Anthony for finally, oh, yeah. you know, getting to the league. I'll He's give a back. huge shout out. Hopefully, hopefully, everything goes well and he impacts the Portland Trailblazers. Trailblazers he impacted them into a up. loss against the Pellies. Anyway. Anyway, that wasn't his fault. I'm with you, Justin. Anyway, I hope he. Im- I feel like he can't impact the Trailblazers. They need something, so I'm looking forward to the season. But big shout out to Carmelo Anthony. One hundred percent, guys. Keep on tuning in to Bros Who Think um, podcast. Bros Who Ben. Shout out to Charles. Everybody, man. We're, we're, we're working, man. We're working. We're working. Keep yeah, keep tuning 100, in. One hundred. Shout out to you and your coaching, man. Yeah, Justin's killing it in the, in the coaching world, winning games out here, coaching. Trying, high man. Trying, trying. 
We see our guy. But yeah, you guys can follow me at LinBWT on Twitter. Follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Bros Who Binge. Be sure to look for the next one. Check out uh, Charles's preview for uh, the, I believe they're playing Arkansas this week. That'll, yes. be out, that'll be out either Thursday or Friday. By the time you guys hear this, or Friday, one of those two days. And then uh, be on the lookout for the next episode of Anime Talk. Be sure to follow the Anime Talk Instagram at Anime Talk Pod, where me and Chris are giving content daily to you guys, so be looking for that. But other than that, want to say thank you again to Joy Taylor for coming on the pod. Super, super appreciate it. But for Joy, for Schubert, for Doom, for Justin, my name is Lyndon. You guys have a great, great weekend. As always, enjoy yourselves. Be safe. We will talk to you guys next Thursday, as always. But until oh, then, really? have a good one. Yeah, yeah. Peace. I know it's been a minute since you heard from me. I've been cutting ties, doing surgery. I need someone who can splurge with me. I don't got to worry who you lurking with. Round my hands, I'm holy. Someone got the cat teeth choosing. She don't love you, but she love your movements. Learned that messing with the groupies. Bottle service. She don't want you if you ain't worth it, yeah, yeah. Took a shot at Henny, now she working, yeah, yeah. Anything goes when you worth it, yeah, yeah. Oh, really, if you worth it, you worth it, you worth it. Yeah. You worth it, you worth it, you worth it. She different, she got it, she poppin', she polished, she mobbin', she flawless, acknowledge, she on it. I let her in, I let her in. Had me dreamin' at 8am, you better than all them girls, you'll never be one of them. You knew me back in the past, they'll never know who I am. I say it, then I'm for real, don't make me say it again. You with me, let's not pretend, the fairest in all the land. You tired, all your friends telling you this better man. Yeah, yeah, you hear him, but don't listen.